Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host, Adam Dunn, but I still hear my thing going. What's he pointing at me for? Mark. Uh, that's someone in the background over here. Uh, oh, is, it? Uh, <laughs> is that Clatimus? I don't know. Uh, well, welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host, Adam Dunn, and we are doing a triple start, double triple start. I don't know how many times. But we do have an awesome show today. We're going to get down and dirty in the dirt. Both Jeremy from Build a Soil and Clackamas Coot. uh, We're going to be zooming, doing a little more zooming. And we're going to open up the show at the end. What what are we going to do, Mark? What's our timing? Last 45 minutes or so? Last what? What do you think? Last hour? With, With what? Well, we'll let the let the animal let the barnyard doors open. Oh. <laughs> are okay. we letting the are we letting the barnyard doors open later for, yeah, for all our? All right, now we okay. have sound. Sorry, fuck man, something. <laughs> and now we got sound. This is the real start now. All right, this is the real sound. Can you hear really? us now? Yeah, so all that was just a bunch of zero. We had yeah. you you missed everything. Something happened with oh. the intro. It wasn't coming through. Wow. So, Welcome anyways. to the Adam Dunn Show. <laughs> Did I say triple start? I meant quadruple. Start. Quadruple. I was originally saying we were on a triple start. Uh, we have a great show lined up. Since I didn't tell you before, which I thought I did, we got Jeremy from Build a Soil, Clackamas Coot, talking about soil science getting down and dirty also talking about mushrooms uh, microdosing all those fun things that are now becoming uh not only considered fun but actually helpful all the way around and, and especially this day and age when you want to keep your you know keep your immune system in full check uh but you want to also do the same thing for your soil your soil is basically like your microbiome of your body right so you want to have a healthy soil you also want to have a healthy microbiome you just Take all these things into effect. Um, we've also got Dave, obviously, with his brand new equipment. Look at them all. Oh, yeah. he's all fresh. You complain uh, my, about his My sound. daytime apnea will go away now if I don't breathe into the microphone. Yeah. We're going to cut down on the breathing, <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, you I got a nice so. new setup. Sounds good to me. Sounds excellent. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure I'll get some haters and complainers in a few minutes, and they'll let me know how I sound. You will definitely get some haters yeah. and complainers for sure. Um, and we, of course, got MTI failing miserably on his intro. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. He had and, some zeros on his screen. What could he say? And we have Jeremy joining us. See, this is a much, uh, much easier just to get right into it and forget about times. Times are irrelevant, right? So, uh, welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hey, welcome. Hope you guys can hear me. Yes, we can. We hear you. All right. You're chilling. Yeah, your internet is working good. That's a, that's half the battle, right? Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm here at the office. Uh, if I would have tried this at home, it would have not worked. That's Adam's excuse every Friday, too. Are you, are you on satellite? Are you on satellite also, or? Um, I'm out in the country, and I'm on. They like beam it from somebody else's house. Although they are doing the fiber in the next year, so I'm really optimistic that it'll work out. Are we seeing like confidential board behind like you said- right there? No, I'm doing some educational information for our customers, and it's just a reminder of what we're working on. I like how you were a fiber optimistic. That's pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good play of words. I can tell you guys aren't Zoomers normally. See, that we, you can actually go into the little Zoom advanced thing, and you can make funny little backgrounds. 
Ah, you don't need a yeah, green screen. Well, I want to do that. How do I do it? Well, you'll play with it later. Now you're okay. going to talk to us. No, you can't. Just go to the, hit the top of the screen. What do you want? An uh, iPad or on a computer? On a computer. All right. Mark, guide him through it. Walk him through, Mark. Oh, sorry. Um, Step one. If you go to next to the video, there's a little up arrow. You can go to choose virtual background, virtual background. And then you have to oh. choose, a, you choose a local file. You have to choose a local uh, uh, either picture or video. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Hopefully I picked the right file. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, this is just ah. scary stuff. Exactly. Like, not that file. There's a photo of Eagle 20 comes up. Ah! Yeah, yeah, purchase order. With the big purchase order. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. So, oh, I can't uh, wait to see what you guys pick. <laughs> well, we'll see if I've got anything. You've had to have had just an amazing couple of weeks in regards to people who really never thought they were going to try to grow organically or even grow a garden at all and now they're reaching out to you to say hey i'm planting i need to plant a covid garden a victory garden you know just i was never there before what's what's it been like for you for the past month i mean uh, inquiring minds want to know yeah um it's been crazy you know obviously when we first i got back from our honeymoon and um so we made it back which was great and expecting to kick off a really busy year and we already had the uncertainty of, hey, is anybody going to plant hemp? Although it wasn't our primary focus, it was something that had happened out here. And so we weren't sure what to do. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and it, I could see it from afar that it was going to be serious pretty quickly. And um, we weren't sure what to do. We were about to start building a new building and construction was happening and we've done a lot of hiring. And so we just kind of held our breath and I hoped that... Um, something would work out. And as much predictions as you want to do, none of us have ever gone through this before. So I really had no idea. And um, since it was out of my control, we just kind of let it go, focus on what we could control. And it turns out that um, any of the fears that we had were, were quickly gone and new fears came in. How are we going to keep up with the number of orders that came in? And what a problem to have, right? Yeah. I mean, it's good, but then you have other suppliers that um, may not be working. Um, and so that it starts this domino effect and in the garden, there's no time to wait. And so we're, we're really acutely aware of that and we're doing our best, but they're great problems and we do have an answer for it. We're solving it. Um, so I don't feel like we're burdened without a solution, but um, it is great. I feel like people have really started thinking about growing their own food, growing their own cannabis more so now than ever. So if they're on the fence, this definitely kicked them off the fence and said, Hey, it's something you should be focusing on learning. I bet you have a lot more smaller orders now than you had before and like uh, less of these commercial because everybody yeah. in the commercial area is probably still on the fence about what to do, right? I mean, do you have the, the staff to actually pull this off because that could be a whole issue in itself. Imagine when you're, you know, the next wave hits right around beginning of September or some bullshit and all of a sudden everyone's on lockdown and you're like, fuck, how are we going to get people? Like, you know, like even harvesting normal crops during these last few weeks have been challenging at best you know what i mean like get a yeah. bunch of people in trim weed together like i don't know <laughs> like you're kind of pushing the, the all the number you know all the restrictions at once yeah a lot of things have gotten weird and then we had a shift where normally we'd be busier in our freight department which we are um but when you have thousands of orders come in that are smaller than usual that is just more logistics. And if one of those items is missing because that supplier has a sick person that's not coming back for two weeks because there's no testing, 
mm-hmm. all of a sudden, two problems in one day can become a real issue. Um, we're really blessed that uh, Build a Soil's structure was to source most everything from close by in the United States or really good suppliers that are running their own business, which means they're family businesses, they're in control of their production. Um, and so for the most part, pretty much unscathed. We bought like six truckloads of peat moss, just worried that maybe Canada would shut the border. And so those are all on the ground. Um, and they've still been moving trucks. I know that we're dependent upon each other for trade. So um, I don't know what's coming next, but people, it seems like you're gearing up for a food shortage. And those that are most worried about it are planting a lot more food. And so I think that's driving some of the sales right now, besides the fact that a lot of people are having the best cannabis growth they've ever had in their life because they're there every day and they're really focused on the details. And so um, it's all over the place right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's interesting to see the whole food side too because like uh, a lot of cannabis growers haven't really thought about other crops. I mean, they've just been so fixated on cannabis the whole time that now the whole idea of diversity, not just not just strain, like a lot of people maybe grew the same strain for the last 20 years, you know what I mean? Some people haven't even changed, they haven't even switched out anything, you know, but now all of a sudden they're in this sort of like, hmm, might have to supply my own food, might have to supply my own, you know, like uh, substance for my family or whatever, or neighbors. And uh, I think it'll be one of the positive things that comes out of this whole situation is a lot of people are going to take back control of their own, you know, kind of like take the power back for themselves. And then it's just going to continue because once they realize like, holy shit, you know, with, with a little bit of effort and, uh, you know, some skills set maybe behind you after the first or second crop, you can, you, you know, you'll never go back to buying vegetables again if, they, if you can afford to, you know, do it yourself, which is the idea. Yep. And a lot of people are buying local eggs, local meat for the first time, calling that phone number they never called thinking, shoot, I'm going to run out. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for the weirdness of not being able to shake hands and hug people that are locally producing, um, it really has been a blessing. I've spent more time with our kids, more time at the home, the grows better. Um, everything generally is better. And as long as I turn off the news and I don't focus on all the negativity, we're doing really well, but it affects us. You know, we have 30 employees here and there's been a number of times we've sent people home for a week or two in leadership positions just to be extra precautionary. And that costs money and time. And the great part is the rest of the crew is stepping up because we all believe in the same thing around here. We've got a really good energy. Um, But I'm more interested to find out what Coot's been up to uh, and stop talking about COVID, even though we could talk about it all day. Um, yeah, no, we definitely I want to pretend like it's not there. happening, getting the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So Coot, tell us, uh, I know it was kind of interesting because uh, I noticed obviously the, the book and, and all the other things that kind of like, uh, seems like your focus a lot on mushrooms too, which I believe Jeremy's also starting to, to promote more uh, through the shop. And I think we're all kind of like, having way more time at home has been a good thing, right? It's been like, oh shit, I can finally read read the thing I don't ever have enough time to read or, or actually start working on projects that were, you know, daunting. Absolutely. <clears throat> this, you, you know, I'm retired now and um, last year was really hectic. We uh, cleaned out our 401k accounts and I cashed an Apple stock that I bought in 94 for $15 a share. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not, uh, you know, a financial genius by any stretch, but I just got, it was luck, pure luck. And then, so we paid off our home 
and uh, remodeled it from the ground up. Everything from floors to roof, new deck. You know, it's Oregon. You have to rains a lot here. Right. But anyway, uh, so on the mushrooms, I, I, I want. Okay, let me do the book first. So what I decided, and I talked to Jeremy about it, and he had a, a suggestion to modify my uh, first thought. I, I put this out, all this information out there, not ever expecting for financial return. You know, it was just uh, open source, I guess you'd say. It was uh, forms. You go and read it and, you know, do it or you don't. You know, it wasn't. And so for, I think now for me to do this and compile it would be kind of creepy, you know, to charge for it. So I want to give it away as a PDF. And uh, since that's a universal file format. And I, uh, I've got all the software on my end to create books with the Apple software. So it's kind of a no-brainer. And then just export it as a PDF, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jeremy said, well, what about doing some printed versions so that people wanted it for their bookshelf? And I said, yeah, that's fine, but let's take the money, whatever profits, and just uh, fund agencies that feed poor people. Um, you know, and so that's what I want to do. I don't want to... Uh, you know, I, I can't see monetizing it. It just doesn't make sense to me. It was given in uh, a charity, not charity, but I was trying to help uh, medical patients who were being victimized by grocery stores and uh, grocery store products mm -hmm. that are ineffective and overpriced. And I think to that end, you know, when I look back, I did a good job on that. I think I, uh, I helped a lot of people learn how to grow, not just cannabis, but plants because there's no such thing as a cannabis soil you know right. it's a plant that needs a good soil <clears throat> it doesn't need magical stuff that's proprietary and secret and you know i just i, I find that stuff laughable so uh that's where i'm at on the book so uh yeah i, I will have it done by no later than the end of june and um yeah, Jeremy's going to been uh, kind enough. He's going to post it on his uh, uh, website, and uh, it'll be open to anybody who wants to download it. I'm hoping and, to uh, steal some more information from it. So, yeah, right. And I, on the mushroom, I uh, I went to see Paul Stamet speak at the uh, Oregon uh, Psilocybin Society. Had a fundraiser. They're the ones getting the ballot on uh, the. It's not to decriminalize or legalize, but it is to allow legitimate research. And that's what we need. We need more research, more data, because this thing, this microdosing has been proven effective against even cigarette smoking, which is probably one of the most addictive plants on the earth is tobacco. And to hit 70%, no other pharmaceutical drug can talk about 70% of anything. So, but when you have being able to treat depression, anxiety, addictions, and for such an easy uh, mushroom to grow, you can control your uh, your destiny. And then when you get into the medical mushrooms like lion's mane 
and cordyceps. These are not, I think it's, it's more difficult to grow good weed than to grow uh, these kind of uh, culinary slash uh, medicinal mushrooms. I mean, there's some that you're not going to be able to grow reishi, maybe, or something. But uh, if you can get lion's mane, because it tastes like lobster. So if you can really get some uh, volume going, you got food plus the uh, the compounds and uh, what are beta glucans, I think, and, and the mushroom that we get benefit from. But I got off of 22 years of uh, diabetes medicine, dropped my A1C numbers down uh, 40, 42%. And just through Rishi, Cordyceps, and Lion's Mane. Yeah, I pretty much now, do Lion's Mane every morning. Uh, <clears throat> I find it's a, it's a great... Uh, absolutely. Uh, quite noticeable as far as just, you know... Uh, cognitive skills and just yes. you know, what you feel focus centered in from it. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really noticeable. Um, Rishi also great, you know, super medicinal. I, I went to the same Paul Stamets uh, here in Denver also, and there was a, a decrim that, that was successful here. Right. Uh, and so he came kind of at the, but right after that, it was quite, it's amazing, amazing uh, movie and just, all his uh, his work is it's like you can really tell without him being out there we'd be really so far behind like right now we really yes. he's pushed it so far that you're just like wow this is it's kind of like how when Jack wrote the Emperor how yes it covered it really hit, like it, it, it made it easier for you to somehow explain it to other people because he kind of yeah he mystified it he, yeah he demystified it and he also uh, I think because of his uh, energy when he like he's so genuinely into what he's doing that you you catch it you know what I mean like you automatically catch that from him and then you want sure. to tell, it's like smoking DMT <clears throat> the first time right you you just want to tell everybody about it like dude you got to you got to do this you know what I mean like all of a sudden and with his his enthusiasm as far as the mushrooms go is kind of the same where you, you leave the theater going like oh shit I got to tell people about this and then you get stuck in conversations explaining the awe-inspiring, you know, mushroom. I want to bring up the movie for a minute. Sure. So the, the uh, Fantastic Fungi is uh, the documentary, a website, but equally important is the book. And the book is an anthology of several writers like uh, Dr. Andrew Weil, uh, Trad Cotter at uh, uh, Mushroom Mountain in South Carolina, uh, Peter McCoy here at... Uh, in Portland uh, with uh, Radical Mycology. So he really shared, there you go, it's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and tried, you know, tried Cotter's, uh, the first book I've ever seen when I was going down to Florida uh, to look at this Karanja project that Jeremy was uh, considering bringing the material in. So I downloaded it onto my iPad and I started, because it's the first book I ever saw that in the title was Organic Mushroom Farming. And then, and, and soil remediation. And I have another book to recommend is Mushroom Cultivation. It's about how to grow mushrooms in your vegetable garden adjacent to your tomato plants so that you're uh, creating incredible fungal networks <laughs> in the uh, uh, soil, in, in, in the root zone. So, um, 
it really enhances and in mushroom cultivation he has how to use which mushrooms if you want to uh, deconstruct leaves you might want to use uh, this one and for over here if you want to bust up your soil because of heavy uh, clay we'll say you might want to use like a wine cap that has it's like my arm as far as the the shaft or you know and and they're edible um, so you're not only growing food, protein, and other benefits, and mushrooms in general are, have medicinal properties, but you're also adding to the production of your the vegetables that you, your family enjoys eating. I mean, it's a win-win, and you can buy a lot of this stuff in, in spawn, so you don't have to have go nuts like I did and uh, you know do a flow hood for. <coughs> Not more than a few hundred dollars. I'll leave it at that. But, uh, and right now, I mean, my skill set is not up to the equipment. So I have a lot of room to grow, you know, as far as techniques. But um, I think that with, there's going to be some changes in, in, like Jeremy said, people want to grow their own food. And what could be better than to grow your own protein source without having to raise a steer for eight months and you know whatever um i think we'd all be healthier yeah you know well there's a number gardening of, i was gonna say there's a number of things that got me so interested as we've been talking over this the couple of years that you um have shared some of this with me jim and i i love all the food side of it but the lion's mane and the psilocybin the noticeable effect that it has on your productivity and your mind speed yeah. and your state of being is so significant that I don't think anybody who seriously approaches it could doubt it. I, the problem I have with discussing microdosing in general is that it's easy because it is so powerful to kind of get hopey and dopey. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't think though you can overstate the benefit that microdosing can have. And the numbers are staggering as far as how many that includes. And there's some really good books by the people who were at the scene 60 years ago at Harvard with uh, Leary and Andrew Weil and Fadiman, whatever, that on the LSD thing. And they picked up the uh, banner and are trying to really move the science <coughs> to groups like the Oregon Psilocybin Society so that they have, I, I still have faith in the voting system that if you educate people about something in a logical, <coughs> not emotional way, that you can get that vote. I still believe that. And uh, maybe it's just Oregon and Colorado. I don't know. Uh -huh. But uh, Dep yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the. What's it depends that? on whose mind you're, you're trying to change. Oh, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. We have uh, Eastern Oregon. I don't even, you just don't go over there. I don't, you know, it's like deliverance, you know, <laughs> a lot of alcohol, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you got them in Colorado too, <clears throat> for the mothership. You know? mm -hmm. um, sure do. But uh, I can say this about microdosing. Because of a couple tragedies in my life, I lost my uh, son when I was 30, and then I lost my daughter 13 years ago to mental illness. And uh, so I've kind of dealt with serious 
clinical depression, to say the least. And for most of the year, I mask it with alcohol, you know, because that's the easy one. Yeah. But anyway, within two weeks after starting microdosing, six, uh, uh, 18 months ago, a year and a half ago, after hearing Paul Stamets, and I went with his protocol with the lion's mane, the niacin, what he calls stacking. Uh, and so I, I found a really good source for uh, organic, certified organic lion's mane for 50 bucks a pound. Yeah, and you only take, what, two grams, so that's probably, what, a year or something? I don't know. I can't do the arithmetic right now, but it's a lot It's a lot of doses. And and then, so what you do is you take it five days a week, and then you take two days off, and, uh, and it's about the receptors and that. And then every six months, you want to take, like, two or three weeks off, and then you just start back. And the, the, what I want to stress is that you don't feel – any kind of effect other than an elevated sense of being. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel like, God, I hate sound of AB. Then feel like you did a lot of shrooms, man. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, you, that there's is, none of that. There's none of that. Uh, I think that's the, you're not going to see part. patterns. And huh? I think that's the hard part for a lot of people from our generation to kind of like get over because we're so used to macro dosing. Yeah. Really. And yeah. we're like, this can't be working, right? It's not, I don't have nothing. I mean, maybe I just want to feel, and the minute you, but it's funny because, uh, especially with like Hawaiians or really strong mushrooms, it doesn't take much to yeah. get to that point where you're like, oh shit, okay, I guess there is power within these mushrooms. I, I mean, if you look at, okay, it was, uh, if a lot of people don't know this, but it was uh, Dr. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Hoffman, who were given the mushrooms in 58. And then he's the one that gave the names to the compounds, uh, psilocybin and uh, psilocin. So not 15 years after he had introduced LSD-25 to the world. Excuse me, when he discovered it. And so then he was given uh, by the uh, Sandoz Labs. They got uh, spores into France. And in a secret laboratory thing, he discovered these two. This was it. This is what was doing the thing, whatever that was. And so when you like when we eat psilocybin, immediately it deconstructs into psilocin. If you look at the molecules, it makes sense. The, the, the branch goes off, and now you're left with psilocin. And if you look at psilocin and compare that to serotonin, it's almost science fiction stuff, how close they are in structure. Hmm. And, and with the same molecules, I mean. Um, <coughs> so I'm not, I'm not a, a brain surgeon or, you know, whatever. But all I can say is that after going through the medical or pharmaceutical drugs, I think I've done 20 of the Prozac and you know just they keep changing around because they're all slightly different and so the myth that you're given is that well we just need to find the right one and the fact of the matter is if you look at the real serious numbers they're not very effective with SSRIs or SRIs whatever it is mm-hmm. we can do better we don't we don't deal with these kinds of problems well in this society. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the biggest uh, things, especially now it's going to be after this whole people being, oh. you know, locked away for six weeks at a time or shit. There's going to be a lot more. Uh-oh, we just might have lost. And, we just lost Coot. No. Nope. Oh, he's there. back. No, I'm sure. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, and uh, I know there's a lot of pen of anxiety. It's a very uh, anxious time. And then, you know, like crazy theories that, you know, don't get 5G on your phone. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I got a good one for you. So the, you always hear from certain political side about MSM, right? Mainstream media. Well, I got one for you. How about SMS? Social media science. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, some of the, some of the stuff is like, how do you get through the day? <laughs> I mean, what's reality? I mean, in your world, I don't know. So, reality is um, what you make of it. I, I can say this, that I, I didn't know anything and still don't, but I was able to successfully pull off enough medicine in a monotub for nine months. And I mean, talk about flying by the seat of my pants. Um, there's a lot more difficult things to do in, in the world of growing plants and, and, and or mushrooms in general, right? Than this. So, uh, if I can plug a book, uh, it's one that I found to be extremely helpful. And uh, it's written by a couple of Brits um, called Psilocybin, the Psilocybin Bible. That one right there. Yeah, Jeremy's got it. <laughs> Jeremy's got it all. <laughs> I love books. <laughs> it's awesome. And that one will get you, I mean, that one will get you up and running. Yep. And um, with not very, you know, very simple substrate. Is it the best? No. Um, is it doable? Yeah. Yeah. So think of it as, uh, here you go. Think of it as miracle Gross soil with a cup of kelp meal. <laughs> yeah. Well, substrate, I mean, I, because me, I look like, no, I got to get some worm castings in there. I got to get some. You know this and that, and uh, and with Jeremy now setting up a micro uh, a portal on his page to sell really good ingredients like the soil hull pellets, which are almost like eighty five percent cellulose. Those are here now, by the way. They're uh, we're putting them on Monday. They're organic, uh, non GMO soy holes for that master's mix. Wow! So it's crazy. I mean, it's those so, are the kind so of things that the serious so uh, mushroom people are, are going to look at. Those are to make what it's called the master's mix, yep. uh, which is what you want to use. I understand for lion's mane, for example, and it's uh, what is it? 50, 50. It's by volume, uh, the pellets. And then uh, you want a hardwood barbecue pellet, like Oak alder. You don't want to use anything with conifers or pines. Right. And, that's the basic mix for it to build the fruiting blocks. Yeah. I've been sending all the information I can gather to Jeremy because he wanted to do this. And I kind of got bounced around when I was trying to, you know, find information. So uh, I'm trying to get on the best sources that I found to get 
the information on the products and what uh, people want to use or need to use to grow their own uh, mushrooms. You, you had the fruiting blocks going, right now, Jeremy? Like kind of on yes, and it's been there's been a lot of um, synchronicity, I'd say. When I decided to fully step out and do this, just because it is something that uh, we're interested in here, a lot of our employees are, which means that a lot of our customers are just by default. You know, we all are in the same things. And there's a local mushroom farm, um, South River Aquaponics. They sell to natural grocers. They've got an unbelievable facility. They work with Trad Cotter. Um, I can't say enough good things about how clean and dialed in their grow is, but they've also got an aquaponics grow and they do hemp stuff and food things and they push the CO2 into the grow from the mushrooms. And everything they're doing is really pretty incredible, but I noticed that they had an ability to pasteurize and sterilize a lot more than they need. And so we started discussing that and we visited and they would love to share a lot of what they've got going on. And so that's what started a lot of the products. And then we have a couple of customers that um, purchase Build As Well products. They stop by, they run a business called G1 Fungi. And they basically like grab me and they're like, you're gonna do this. We have all the things ready to go. We're passionate about it. We're already your customers. We're in the same thing. And so it just kickstarted it. And now we've got two sources that are super high quality, really nice lab, a lot better than I can do, you know, on my own. And that is going to create a relationship, I think, over the next few years where we can start to go the direction of soil remediation, like you mentioned, um, which our customers would be into. And then also, I want to grow every single one of these and learn a little bit more about the process and go from there. But um it feels like, and I'm, maybe Adam, you can relay this, but it feels like not just psilocybin, but mushrooms in general and their power, it's becoming a normal topic of conversation instead of kind of a weird one. And I'm blown away at how fast that's happening. For sure. And, and it, is, it is funny because like with cannabis is sort of the opposite thing where when people talked about it who didn't really know what they were talking about, you could see that they were like way thinking it was like, super powerful right and then when you start talking to people about mushrooms that don't understand it you're like you don't even know yeah yeah, yeah. How, like especially when they're just like yeah you know i love microdosing but they've never even tripped hard enough to know what tripping is you know what i mean and you're like you gotta kind of you know we're, we're coming from the other side where we've so used to like i was saying earlier macrodosing macrodosing yeah you don't even know that microdosing works or it's a thing until right. yeah exactly but it's interesting to see because you get people who for instance you know, don't even understand the power of the medicine that they're taking because they've never actually done that. But it actually shows you that it works even better because there's the, the if, it, if it didn't work, there'd be absolutely no effect whatsoever because they don't, they're not like, there's definitely not feeling anything because you don't feel it. You know what I mean? There's not, it's not yeah. meant to feel it, you know? So I mean, at point one with the right mushrooms, you can definitely feel a, a little bit. Like it's not like a total placebo type feeling. You actually feel really good, mm -hmm. um, but not in a seeing anything weird kind of way. And so I think there is that power that it like CBD, well, you don't feel shit, right? You're just hoping that the guy that you're is good. Um, Right, even microdosing, there's a little bit going on there where you can realize it, especially if you're guessing like I am. Um, <laughs> some days are weird. Uh, but um, there's more to it. You mentioned Lion's Mane as well, Adam, and I noticed out of all of them, when I individually added that, I, I could tell. And <clears throat> so much of this is trying to not be our own doctor, but find things that work because so many of us are discouraged 
with what's available. Um, most of us don't go to the doctor, you know, unless it's for an injury, not really for health advice. And so it comes full circle when one of the things that Coot did on the forums was not necessarily like, although he gave his recipe out, it was more the reasoning behind why such simple ingredients. And then it was also a way to investigate and become an intelligent producer by being an intelligent consumer. So if you're going to grow something, he said, look at the ingredient, look all the way down the rabbit's hole there instead of the brand and start to understand how small the agricultural world is. Um, similarly in the mushroom world, uh, people are asking about ingredients. They're learning about all of this. So we're just taking that same approach. And I think that we're going to try and merge the worlds into micro remediation and actually using fungi with soil. Um, but I, and there's so much to learn. This is out of our realm of expertise and we're going to be asking for help and learning right along with our customers. So I don't want to pretend like we know it all. We're just scraping the surface and just starting our journey. Maybe this is a good time to plug Dr. Mark, who does a cannabis psychotherapy and uses, you know, all access to all the legal hallucinogens as a DO can, uh, can take advantage of right now. So, uh, he's you know been a strong supporter of the show, and he has a show on uh, the Adam Dunn Show Network on Sunday, four twenty, called the Reconscious Medical. Reconscious Medical Hour. So uh, he he's he's a good resource. You guys should we should probably get Mark on with uh, make it a trifecta right there with the two of you guys. Thank you. You'd enjoy him. Thank you. Yeah, I, I want to add something briefly. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges to grow good plants is to find quality compost and to find quality vermicompost is even more difficult because even the best producers they, they have a limit by how much manure they can bring in or you know compost make compost so but we can use the easiest, one of the easiest mushrooms to grow is oyster. And we can harness that mycelium on our compost piles and accelerate the composting process. It's blazingly fast. And we can also do it on our worm bins. If, let's say that you set up uh, at your home you want for your vegetables and you want to set up a 50-gallon uh, smart pot or step brand. I mean, that style, it doesn't have to be that brand. But you want it to aerate because vermicomposting is very much an aerobic process. And you can't overwater, so that's an advantage. And uh, so you've built your uh, manure or compost, or whatever you're using, and then you want to put in your aeration material. Again, we're back to aerobic, right? And now if we put wet... Uh, pasteurized, not sterilized, and pasteurized can be done with uh, agricultural lime and water. So if we take straw, not hay, and then you drain it and you want it, it's going to be wet and that's what you want, and you put it on top of your worm bed, or more importantly, let's say you had big uh, containers that you were growing cannabis in. Instead of having to dump it out, you put mushrooms on and let the mycelium deconstruct the root system and release all those elements that were accumulated but not used, right? Mm -hmm. 
So you're going to have better soil. Plus, you're going to have the proverbial. I mean, I've been hearing about high fungal for ten years, and I haven't seen or seen very little of anything that actually <laughs> elevates that. Why not use fungi to do it? And they, when you when you have that much, uh, I mean, we all know the organic growers of any plant that. Once you get the fungal colonies developing, it attracts other fungal colonies. So it's it's not this uh, you know pinpoint marketing kind of thing. And so we can really make our soils better and grow better quality fruit, uh, vegetables and fruits. And uh, or anybody familiar with John Jevons at Ecology Action and the biointensive method. So it started in, in China about 4,000 years ago. And the concept is you plant everything very close on center. As we all know, the majority of water that we apply to our gardens leaves through evaporation. So the more root system, you, there's a whole bunch of benefits because plants can exchange cations and anions on an as-need basis. They communicate through their exudes. And... Um, in France, then it went to France about 700 years ago, and they put a name on it, and then Alan Chadwick. So now John Jevon is the heir apparent on this biointensive, and his uh, website is Ecology Action. He has that book. You've probably seen it, How to Grow More Vegetables in as Little Space Than You Ever Thought Possible. I probably mangled it up, but all those words are in the title. It's not hard to find. And... Basically, 800 square feet, because everything's done in five foot by 20 foot beds. So that's 100 square feet. Eight beds can feed a family of four, including grains, on 800 square feet using their methods. So um, if that's of interest, at least check out his website and see, because uh, they conduct classes, you know, where you go for a week or whatever it is now. And, um, in a method called a double dig and uh, it works. It's been going on for 4,000 years in, in one form or another. Are you trying so to go get to no tell? <laughs> no, I don't even start. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you have to remember uh, the man who wrote the book, you know, the one straw revolution, his foundation was right here in, in Ashland, Oregon. And his uh, assistant of an American I can't remember his first name, but last name was Korn, K-O-R-N. He just passed away, but he did all the translation. He wrote three books. And on my uh, Instagram feed, I, I put pictures of the titles of all three uh, books. There's a lot more to no-till than is practiced in the cannabis world. But, like, for example, I buy a flower that they practice sustainable agriculture. So in the winter, they grow... Uh, garbanzo beans as a cover crop uh, for over winter, and then uh, they don't. They when they when they harvest the wheat, they don't remove it. It's allowed to sit on top and form a mulch of such, and uh, then it eventually decomposes. So, I mean, this is a big wheat farms. This isn't you know containers on a patio kind of thing. 
and there's a lot more to it. But uh, the main thing is using uh, soil enhancers like uh, clover and you know your cover crops, your you know uh, winter rye and all of it. But I think that we can we can really do a service to people that grow a lot of plants in containers. Whatever they're growing, doesn't matter. If there's a cycle to it, then use uh, mycelium to deconstruct that root system. Don't dump your soil. There's no need to. If, if you started out, you can't fix bad. So you've got to have a, a legitimate soil to start with. And I just put up a, a, a photo <coughs> of a soil test of a friend of mine, five years old, the, the soil, five years. And all he amends it with is kelp, barley, and something else. Anyway, minimalism. That's a perfect And uh, he's off the chart on the macronutrients. The only thing he's down a little bit is on the uh, micronutrients. So throw some perfect. kelp, you know. So, so tell us about um, the gnarly barley. That's a good little segue there since you're okay. part of the barley. So a few years ago, because I'm a baker, artisan baker, and in artisan baking, they add what is called in that business or whatever, diastatic malt. And I never gave much thought to it. You bought it and you use micro amounts. And, and uh, commercial yeast is a single-celled fungi. So I'm walking, hiking through a forest up here, and I just flashed on something. Well, if it's a fungi, and you use this malt, whatever that is, then you should be able to put it in the soil, and it would increase the fungal uh, properties in your soil. So unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to look at it, when I did my search, I landed on a page about how to make your own malt, and which is just sprouting a seed. That's all it is. And um, so I came up with SST, sprouted seed tea. And man, were they effective, but it took like three days by the time you soak the seeds, then you got to sprout, you know, you know, You've done sprouts in your home, I'm sure. And then I ran into a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing. And uh, I told him what I was doing. He says, well, why don't you just buy it at a homebrew store? I said, they have this stuff already made? (laughs) He goes, well, yeah. So the oldest uh, brew store in all of Portland, no, excuse me, the whole country. It's here in Portland, established like 1918, right after World War One, right? Giving rise to the nickname of uh, Beervana for city of Portland. I mean, we have like 50 brewer, uh, breweries here. 50, that's more than any city in the world. I don't know what, anyway, that doesn't matter. So anyway, so I buy this malt, I bring it home, and I had a Mr. Coffee, coffee bean grinder, so I ground it up. And I put it on the soil, and the next morning, right, it uh, lights out, you know, end of the day thing. And the next morning, I opened the door, and the leaves were literally standing almost straight up in the air. And so I said, it looked like praying hands. 
And all I knew is that there was something going on here that was really remarkable. So as I investigated and went down and started bugging the guys at the brew store, they kept saying, what are you going to do with this? I said, well, I'm going to grow plants with it. And they would look at me like, oh, this old man's really lost it. And then I, I got some people to test it in my circle of friends. And what we noticed is that we were, we could drop 20% of the time, flower time off without a loss of uh, potency or a loss of yield. Well, what farmer, I don't care what you're growing, if you can reduce the finishing time by 20%, yeah. that's kind of a big deal. And then as I started investigating the properties of malt, because I doubt very few things are studied in our food system like beer. It may be bad beer, but it's got to taste the same no matter where it's sold, what part of the country. So consistency. So even big behemoth breweries like Anheuser-Busch when they were in business, they didn't malt their own. You bought it from a malting house. And some of the big ones are like Great Western. Uh, you might Some of the barley that uh, you might carry might have come from Great Western. Yep. I mean, they have like, what, three or four behemoth, I mean, huge operations. And and like when the grain is brought in, it goes through a system where cameras and blowers can detect, or through the camera, uh, they detect the bad uh, specific grain, and it's blown off. So it doesn't enter into the system. It's that, it's that precision. It's really high tech. And here in Oregon, at Oregon State, you can get a graduate degree in microbiology as it relates to beer brewing. So I had uh, a lot of resources plus the Barley World portal at Oregon State. It's because we grow a lot of the premium barley because of our volcanic soils over in Eastern Oregon. And I mean, it's they shipped all over the world, literally uh, India, China, all through uh, South. If you want good beer, you got to have good barley. And this is some of the best. And um, so there's a lot of research on it. And I posted just today, just some of the, the compounds that are contained in this seed. And you have uh, growth enhancers. You have agents to deconstruct urea, protein, phosphorus, uh, chitin. All this in a simple grain. Right. I mean, it's, and it was uh, the barley that saved the human race because when you made beer, it would purify the water. And more people have died in the human history of the human race from bad water than all the wars combined or, or disease. Um, so when we use it in our soil, I turn it back to Jeremy for a minute, but his associate, they sent me a, a sample, not a sample, a half a, a, a foot of some of the best worm castings I've ever seen from uh, Colorado Worm Company. And they were using barley in the beds of the vermicomposting. And tell me what you saw with regard to mycelium. Yeah, I think you can even look at their Instagram. They've got some fungal growth. They're breaking up clods of the castings that are fully worked and you can visibly see the fungal growth all the way through it. 
and they get mushrooms popping up here and there. Um, but just like we see in the soil, when you apply it, something about the enzymes speeds up the process or gets the plants to start to pray. And a lot of what we're dependent upon in a smaller container of potting soil, even with compost and everything, is the release of nutrients through the nutrient cycling because it's not as on demand. And that's always been one of the complaints. And so you can try and brew compost teas and all sorts of things to try and get it just right. And, or you can just rely on the soil food web to do it. And something about the enzymes, whether it's in the liquid malt or the malted seed or any or sprouting your own, this, the reaction is the same across the board. It's phenomenal. And so just like we're talking about where you notice the effect of the psilocybin and it causes you to look into it, there's no placebo effect here. When you apply it and you try it, you see the effect and it causes you to just be in awe and start to research how this is happening and what might be causing it. And then, um, so with the, the inoculations, like how often, I mean, is it like you have to keep, like you said, if you can, anything you can plug and play would be obviously, you know, the way to go for most people because most well, people are not on top of it, but. Jeremy's, uh, he's better at sourcing than I am. Uh, so, and more context. So what's going to be bought is looks like glass that's shattered. It's not ground into a powder. So there's like some structure to it. So you definitely want to put it in your soil mix when you're mixing. But let's say you have a, a garden going on and you didn't do that. Then all you need to do is sprinkle some on top and put a thin skin of compost or worm castings to get some biology on the top and the bottom. Yeah. And it'll, that's all you need to do. There's a picture that I sent. I hope you got it. But there's a picture of a plant of mine, um, my strain, the famous TO. It's in a 600-gallon pot <laughs> down in southern Oregon. And I'll wait to see if Jeremy, it's on my feed, if that helps. Yeah, did you send it to me? Mark will find it. Okay. Mark. Get on it, Mark. Handling other stuff. Over Holy here. shit! <laughs> oh, you Ooh, don't get feisty. He's getting, he's I get feisty. Right? It's because he's got his got guns out. Gun. Look at him. Look at look at those guns. Wow. No, he's not. He, he doesn't have his picture up for everyone to see. No, he's oh, hiding. They're missing, they're missing out. No, yeah, no, he's hiding. Everyone, everyone, yeah. everyone's here. Not on, not on the YouTube channel. Nope, on the YouTube channel, I, everyone's here. I see four people on the anyway. Doesn't matter. Who? No. Good. We have a they can see Mark's guns. We have a fifth person. You. You. Oh, not me. I don't need to put me on there. You guys. Right. That's what we're saying. Look, you're not paying wow. attention again. We we're talking about you putting up that photo. That's that's on Coot's stream. No. It's, but anyway, it's okay. Um, it's, it, the it's moment is passed. Sorry. I was, I'm... <laughs> it, when the actual grower told me. Sometimes I talk to him, I want to put a paper bag over my head. He said, well, he goes 12 to 15 pounds a week of barley. I went, whoa. You know, like, there's high dosing and then there's this. And when you see that picture, you'll see it is massive. Um, just insane size. Well, I don't give you a, a, a reference point, Adam, a, a one cup ground up uh, or of like the cracked barley is about four ounces. 
And when you use it, like um, Jim mentioned, uh, sprinkling on the soil, you could probably do it every couple of weeks. You'll notice a mycelium mat or whatever you want to call it, a fungal white cloudy. It just goes crazy. And you could see when there might be benefit again, but um, you can also, uh, uh, told me to mix some up in some soil and plant seeds into it and see what happened. And you get like a hundred percent germination. And when you're, you know, as far as if the seeds are good, but even where you see some of that growth, the seeds are visibly healthy and there's no damping off or any issues. Hmm. And so there's positive effects. It seems like more than just effect. Um, (coughs) Which is good. And then feeding it through the worm bin to come back to that, we just noticed increased health of the worms and, you know, vigor. I played with it here a little bit and uh, Colorado worm company has, couple of tricks and that's one of them and it's noticeable every single customer that talks about using that product they have really good things to say about it because of the effect on the plant and so all things point back to the enzymes being super important and whether it's human health soil health worm health i mean all of this is enzymatically driven sure and so it just makes sense yeah no for sure and then um what about the sourcing as far as like, you know, like how soy products are so hard to find organic because there's so much bullshit out there. Is yeah, it kind right. of the same situation there where it's harder to find organic based or do you have to? Yep. Yeah. So that might, that it's a smaller to- market. I'll give you an example. Like I said, Steinbart's, they've been around for 120 years now. Mm-hmm. And when I first went in there, I wanted organic two row, uh, which is the type of barley. There's six row, they're two different. Uh, cultivars. Um, the main one produced in, in fact, well, is two where that's what you want to buy and use. So they sold a hundred pounds a month to home brewers, you know, weekend brewers. And within six months of me talking about it, they were moving four pallets a week. That's 200, uh, that's 2000 pounds a pallet. Yeah. I who mail orders barley, right? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, but anyway, you get the idea. So now, when I go in there, oh, your money's no good. So sometimes I go in there to pick out three or four different malt, like oats, wheat, barley, you know, just because it's fun. There's no real benefit. Um, oh, your money's no good here, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, and I know like most of the st- I, I can't say that. I'll leave that one alone. But anyway, a lot of them are gardeners, and uh, yeah, the younger guys are gardeners. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Well, and sourcing too. One of the things that um, is going into the gnarly barley, which was part of the fun, is we found uh, somebody who's locally really passionate about creating food products from sprouted seed. And the reason why that was interesting is malted is typically there's different levels of roasting for flavor, other than just enzymes, and they're very focused on converting starch. And so in working with a specialty malter, we're able to do very small batches of organic non-GMO seed that was what we wanted. And they're able to sprout it without any roasting and do it at the peak of enzymatic content. And over the next 12 months, we'll be documenting that content so that we can put the level of phosphatase and these others on the label and actually discuss it out in the open. For now, we're going to be documenting it. And that's part of what Gnarly Barley is doing. It's going to start to self-fund a little bit more research because the other seed. So the other seeds we're adding to the gnarly barley, it's a three-way blend. It's got an organic 
uh, malted barley and it's got uh, organic sprouted hemp seed and it's got organic sprouted corn seed and that's organic non-GMO heirloom corn. So when you get that three-way effect, one of the things that our customers have noticed is that that corn makes a really juicy, um, very sweet enzyme rich formula that people like. So we're hoping that this three-way is going to increase, if not the, the cool effect, I mean, it's what I want to try, but uh, some sort of real world effect. And then we're going to study that with our malter and we'll share the results. And if there's benefit in changing it, we're going to do that too. So, yeah, those are like like good good corn. Like trying to find non-GMO corn now is like crazy. Like impossible. I had it in stock, which is how we we're able to get it malted. If they were to try and source it right now, the world is trying to buy. Everybody's trying to buy any organic seed to plant in their garden right now, and it's a shit show. Yeah, because I, I and 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 just the fact that there's a saturation of all this other bullshit on the market that there's it seems like corn being the most common yet hardest to, and soy, same thing. Like yeah. just, to, just to try to find organic soy flour, I had to spend like $30 for a, a pound. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this is so expensive. Didn't make any, making any of the product wasn't really cost effective at that point. Well, yeah. Uh, right across town is Bob's Red Mill, the, the company that has all the grains. Yep. yep. And, uh, when I was working, because I didn't know you could buy malt, so I would go over there and buy like a cup of this bean, that bean, this grain, you know, and I'd go over and all I had would be a cup. And what are you doing? I'm just trying to work something out. So I sprouted a huge range of food seeds, legumes, pulses, grains, and they were all beneficial. So I do, when I plant my spring garden here in a, while, a few weeks, I'll do 55 gallons in a, a clean tr uh, rubber trash, you know, rubber made uh, trash can. And so the, if you came to my home, you could take your uh, hand like a sword and you could get it down into the soil up to your elbow. That's how much loam, because uh, all I feed it is uh, kelp and uh, worm castings. And after 17 years, it's pretty powerful. I mean, good. It's not a fertilizer powerful. It's like it's ready to grow plants and keep the plant healthy. That's the other side of it. That's why the whole NPK thing boggles my mind because there's so much to it. Or even the law of minimums, you know, you only need 16 elements. That's true. If you want a plant to survive, you can do the law of minimums. But in fact, there's 83 elements that a plant needs and to thrive. Yeah. To give you the best fruit, the best flowers, whatever whatever it is you're growing it for. And it seems to me that such a small investment to set up a worm bin for your vegetable garden, it's not a big leap of faith. It's a really simple process. And the, and the benefit you get from it, well, it builds. Every year the soil gets better. 
Yeah, we just had a, I had a I had a fence go down at my mom's farm, and we had to put up the, we had to put, dig some new posts, and it's behind the chicken coop, and it's been and I was just like, damn, we have some fucking awesome soil just sitting right here. I was just like, right. worms, like they were cut, coming up, worms were coming up, and it would look like literally it looked like worm castings the soil. I was like, you know how they get there? Yeah, birds cannot digest cocoons. And so they, they're at Farmer Bob's place. He's got a pile of manure. And they eat worms. And they grab some cocoons. Well, what goes in has to come out at some point. And when they drop them, that's... And worms don't come up from the ground. The kind of worms that we use for composting, the uh, the red wigglers, the, uh, that's what... a, a an angler calls them, a farmer calls them manure worms or compost worms. But they're, Jeremy, what's the name? Petita. Asinida Petita. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. They're the most widely used worm in North America for creating compost. And let me give you some numbers. Okay. That particular species. Maybe all worms. I'm not an entomologist, but they're uh, hermorphodetic. But it takes two. They have to line up with each other, and then they exchange body fluids, and they produce a cocoon. And they'll do that twice a week. And each cocoon is going to have, on average, five hatchlings. And they're going to live four and a half to five years, and they never sleep. They don't call in sick. Their dogs don't get run over. You know, I mean, they just, they're, they're machines. And all they consume is bacteria, manure, slime. Worms don't have teeth. They don't have stomachs. So they can't eat anything. But they can take in this manure, this slime. And in their digestive tract, enzymes, once again, turns it into castings, not manure. And worms exude enzymes from the skin to trigger specific microbial reactions to affect the deconstruction or assistance with enzymes, with cofactors. I mean, if you get it on, if you get it like your, your associate with the Colorado uh, worm, I mean, he's, that's some of the finest castings I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. They were aged correctly or dried. I mean, you know, they're ready for storage. Um, so when you work with that kind of stuff, you're going to have good food. You're going to have good med medicine if that's you want to grow, uh, you know, herbs, uh, the different ones, nettle, uh, whatever. Uh, the stuff from uh, there, you go. <laughs> yeah. Get out. And, and yeah. There you go. I hope this is a time of renewal for people that they can look at a time of regaining control on their health. I mean, I'm 69, and I can tell you, all the insurance in the world doesn't make you healthy. Especially if you're dependent on Medicare. Gee. Can you imagine they don't cover eyeglasses for elderly? Isn't that kind of basic? Right. No. Why would that they don't be cover problem? dentures. You know huh? any old people who need who have bad eyesight? Never met one. No, I of am. course not. Why, that, that, would, that would seem absolutely too logical to do. But I am trying to make America great. Every morning I drink a couple of shots of Lysol and a tall, frosty glass of bleach. 
And uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about one mushroom, though. This one's really important because it's been proven to be really effective against viruses. And it's called agaricon. And that's spelled like agar, A-G-A-R, and then I-K-O-N. It goes back to the ancient Greeks. Will you say that again so Mark can copy it down and then put it up on our... Okay, A-G, like agar, and then I-K-O-N. And they live to be, the, the mushroom lives to be 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, they grow to about the size of a five-gallon bucket, and they look kind of like a beehive. And there's some really good pictures online of Paul uh, Stamets because he's really on this one. And so he convinced me, so I got a pound of it. And again, you take four uh, grams a day, so that's, what, three and a half months? Or, you know, 50 bucks. Not too shabby. Um, And then I take reishi. I take cordyceps. I take lion's mane. I take uh, turkey tail. So I think I got a pretty good, because all those elevate your immune system. And, uh, and I walk, you know, four and a half, five miles a day with my dog. I mean, you know, if it's time, it's time. You know, I'm not going to obsess about it, but uh, I think I've done a pretty good job of taking these medicinal mushrooms that have proven over, what, 6,000, 7,000 years. Sure. Um, it's not on Home Shopping Network. Uh, or, you know, a Dr. Oz or, though, you know, I have seen, though I have seen some like here, they have a kind of a, a late night guy who's selling. And, and I was surprised he had hemp products. He had lion's mane. He had, I was wow. like, oh, shit, it's starting to happen. You know, where they, they had decent, I mean, it was still a tell sell kind of a thing, but it was like, yeah, they have a few decent ideas at least. I don't know about the sourcing of the product, but you know, it's yeah, what's uh, fantastic about mushrooms is, and I, I would recommend everybody, whether you're a gardener or not, read Paul Stamets' uh, Mycelium Running. Yep, that's a great It's one. a classic. Expect Jeremy always, to hold that book up in just Jeremy, a second. Come on, yeah, no, that one's, I think, at home. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs> there it is. Just kidding, we He's sell this one. Yeah. He's got it. <laughs> nice. That book will explain mycelium far better and, and how far-reaching it is. That's not a pun, but there's a, a spot in Oregon that has one that's, I think, what, 30 acres? A mycorrhizal network. It's real famous among mycologists to talk sure. about because it it's you know amazing. And this uh, agaricon we're talking legitimate research around the world. We have the cultural history going back, what, 22, 2300 years. And, um, you know, I, I put it up there with Rishi. If somebody says to me, well, which one should I take? I can't afford all of them. Then definitely take Rishi. Drinking a, I'm drinking a Rishi chocolate uh, from Rebel. Yeah. Right hey, wait, they're not a sponsor. Don't hold that up. Uh-huh. Put that down. They will well, be. There's, I, I would like. I would like them to be. That's for sure. There's uh, anybody uh, from Rishi is listening. No Rebel. Rebel. <laughs> On that one, I take a tincture. 
um, done with, you know, the famous uh, alcohol available, grain alcohol available here in Oregon, uh, 199 proof or something, or whatever it is, it's, you know. And, uh, yeah, you only take like one uh, milliliter in the morning, one at night on right. the tinctures. So for some people, because that's a pretty bitter mushroom, the, the reishi. If you look in there, there's probably some sweeteners because it can be over, overpowering. <laughs> yeah, chocolate, there you go. What, what doesn't go with chocolate, right? Yeah. Right. right. I, but I'm really behind because I've done my homework. I've got six years studying these grains and this method of, you know, uh, it's PGRs, it's uh, mm -hmm. growth. I mean, it's insane what's included in this. Um, on my IG feed, if you go to, I think it's the last posting, I have the whole breakdown of what is in malted barley. And this is like advanced horticulture stuff. See, what you're never going to get out of me is, well, I can't tell you because it's proprietary. What does that mean? You know, I mean, it's a secret. I want people to have the information. I want them to make intelligent decisions about where how they spend their money. Usually you know, like, there's really, no secrets. Really there's no, huh? Usually means it's really simple, and I don't want to tell you because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you exactly. Make it in the future. <laughs> so like, the so uh, FD the F uh, excuse me, yeah, the Trade Commission through the manufacturers of fertilizers of bone many years ago so they didn't have to use water anywhere so now they use inert ingredients well let's face it, a lot of people going oh wow that must really be something really special no it's water so when you're looking at something that's 99.2 percent water why don't they ship it in an eyedropper okay instead of wasting all this plastic right if they were really concerned about you know, are advancing to get some problems resolved, you'd get a little tiny container like an eyedropper, and that would do a gallon. Well, we're concerned that you would overdo it, and we're just uh, thinking of your safety. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Gotta I protect know. the babies. I used to love this one shop I would go into just to pick up, you know, their, their lost leaves, like smart pots or bulbs or whatever. And he tells me, and he said, uh, because he knew I was running the uh, Dutch lights, the ones that invented indoor, not indoor, but uh, supplemental lighting for greenhouses back in 75. Yeah, mm -hmm. PL lights. And, uh, Pot lamp, same company. What's that? Pot lamp, they're called. That's the name. P O T. PLs. Yeah, I, it, I've had some since 83. And all I have to do about every 10 years is replace the, uh, uh, capacitor or something. I mean, it's an off-the-shelf item. I don't have to go track down the company in Holland. You know, do you have something that'll fit that, you know, it's just, because it's made for ind industry. It's not made for sure. cutesy, you know, ridiculous uh, whatever. But anyway. Cutesy, um, ridiculous what? <laughs> That's what <laughs> we call Mark. Cutesy, ridiculous tent, tent row or something. <laughs> right? so, yeah, exactly. Okay, here's this was in 80, 88, and I was living in Southern California, but 
all the action was up here. Excuse me. In, uh, Portland had three growth stores, uh, one owned by uh, Mr. Uh, Cervantes. He, uh, Georgie was known then before Jorge. Well, his real name is George Van Patten, so I'm not sure. Yeah, whatever, this guy. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Oh, sorry. Okay, and then and the other one, you guys remember this. Remember, it was called the Living System. It was a plug-and-play hydroponic. You got a mother tank, and you had six pots, and you could expand it. Well, that was a company. And uh, and then the other one's still in business. Then they were called Halide of Oregon. God, that's a good name, idiot. Anyway, now it's called American Ag. Okay, and they're still around. All right, all right. And then there were two in Seattle. One was EcoGrow, okay? And they're the ones that invented, I, pretty smart. Before, the, you only got your choice when you went in, because there are only two uh, product lines. There was DynaGrow and General Hydroponics. And so you had a grow solution and you had a flower solution. But EcoGrow went, you know, we can still get money out of these clowns. So you had, it was powder. So you had the grow, and then you had the bloom, and now we have micronutrients, okay? The big seven that all micronutrient that doesn't matter if you're organic. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm just showing off what I'm going to dab. Keep the dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? He's got it? No, I wish I did. Sorry. I See, I, I fucked it up again. Put the note in my file. Yeah, terrible. Okay, you guys use dip and grow. Uh, actually, I still do. I like it. <laughs> okay. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I think it's easy. The, the man that owns it worked at one of those original shops. You know, the, mm -hmm. they advertised in the high times. That's what brought him down. But anyway, he worked there as a, uh, just, you know, like a uh, customer service guy. And uh, that particular product is made using IBA. A lot of them use IAA, but this, that, and you have to have it in alcohol. There was an advantage because he wanted to sell it to the Christmas tree industry, which sells seven and a half million trees a year, and they're all done with cuts. So having something like with alcohol based would sterilize it. He basically now, so he left and, uh, because he had done it there, they they claim it, he had to leave a product. So it's been under two or three names, but it's basically if you smell alcohol, it's and it's IBA, it's the same. Mm -hmm. He brings the uh, barrels in from China, and he sells them by the barrel to the commercial uh, nurseries. And he owns his Christmas tree deal. Can you imagine if you're going to, if you have to have plant seven and a half million trees every year, right? You need a few, you got to do what? At least 900,000 or no, 9 million cuts. Cause you're going to lose some. Yeah. I can promise you they don't do them in easy cloners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> that, would, that would be a to speak. Yeah. It's all, all robotic. Really? The whole thing's robotic. Oh, wow. And like one nursery, uh, they're based in California, hence the name Monrovia Nursery. And around the world, they have about 10,000 acres in production. And just to give you an idea, an acre is about 35,000 plants. 
um, we're not out there doing pH, right? <laughs> and anyway, they have a, 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 a cut shed, a cutting, you know, clone, they don't call it cloning, but they do about 10,000 a week. And they bring them in, the field guys cut them and put them in bur wet burlap sacks, right? Come drop them in the shed and they trim them up and start tossing them into uh, just peat moss. And they don't, I mean, what the cannabis industry did to a simple thing of rooting a cutting is almost criminal. You know, you got to hover over it. You got to, you know, I, it's just, it's the easiest thing in the world. The absolute well, easiest. Well, it's all by atmosphere, you know? And yep. that's where it's like, uh, once you dial that in, you're, you're good to go. I think it's just, absolutely. don't get that. They, they're, they're too constant. And like easy cloners are easy, but like in Colorado, it's very dry. So you have to like build little covers for them and kind of work around that or, or just make sure your room is always 80% uh, or so, you know, and, and that's just, like counterintuitive here so at the end of the day it's easier just to make a little dome and there you go it can be in a dry room and yeah well we're the opposite because yeah you're wet oh yeah i mean okay around the world there's 3900 species of what we call powdery mildew not all of them are white 3800 of them grow in, in oregon yeah, 10%. <laughs> no, seriously, west of the Cascades, mm -hmm. because of we're in a temperate rainforest. And we're also a big nursery producer. So when you're a nursery, one of your, not goals you have to do, you have to offer new plants every year, new varieties, and they have to come from somewhere. And so everybody takes a ride. Every bug, every fungi, you know, I mean, it's insane. And so, you, in my, where I live, west of the Cascades, uh, towards the ocean, if you're not out of the ground by October 15th, you're really rolling the dice. Because I've seen it start raining here. October 15, and the next day without rain is in May. <laughs> May. Yeah. Uh, so, and I know a lot of people don't like it, and I, quite frankly, I don't care. But the most effective thing I found to have systemic IPM, I mean, the whole nine yards was with neem and caranja oils. Hmm. Uh, not because also not only did it provide a fungicide effective, it provided the pesticide. And there's a reason why the source that uh, Jeremy uses is called ahimsa, which that's a concept in, in the Hindu faith. This is not a poison. If you went to an Indian market, you would be blown away at the number of products that have need, even drinks. I mean, that's well, yeah. hardcore. India's all but, about their parasite. They love their parasite. Everything's about being anti-parasitic, right? So it's like, here, have this anti-parasitic soda. Right. And they eat camphor candy. Yeah. Like, you know, as, uh, what do you call them, mothballs? 
Well, what do you think about the whole idea of, um, I mean, like, well, Azimax and things like that being the, con you know, obviously uh, contributing to all the cyclical sickness that people were having. And I always got, I well, here's the problem because they were, you see, this is how misinformation. <clears throat> I never advocated the use of as a direct and extracts. No, of course not. I know. Uh, because it's very simple. You type in uh, the name of a product. And I don't want to get into bashing because it's too easy. But let's say we have ABC has some kind of an azadirac and extract, right? And in the, in the international trade, they're called uh, AZA, AZAs. All right, so if you type the name of that company and put a colon, not a semicolon, but a colon in the search bar, and then a space, and then type in all caps, MSDS, up comes the uh, information that they filed with the various agencies, uh, FDA and the others, about how exactly it was, what's in there. And if you look at, and then now I'm going to name products. So the two big uh, centers were Azimax and Azitrol. The problem was they were using solvents to extract because they could get more azadiractin now. What's ironic is, is that azadiractin isn't the best compound in neem oil. It is, however, the easiest one to isolate and extract. The big one is nimbin. There's, because here's the way neem works and karanja, but they're completely different compounds. Karanja tree is a, a, a legume. It's closer to an alfalfa plant than a neem, which is a mahogany family. Okay, it prevents the organism from keeping food down. It prohibits the development of eggs. Uh, it's used in, in birth control for both uh, animals and humans in India and China. So there's like 400 known compounds in neem, of which about 22 are related to our concern with regard to horticulture or agriculture. And we're back to the same thing. Go back to the source, get the purest form of neem that you can. This is a holy tree. Ram Das, the famous uh, American guru, his uh, guru that he met in India, his name was Neem Karoli Baba. If you go back and study uh, the Bhagavad Gita, the bows were made out of neem wood. In the temples in India that were carved in, I mean, incredible carvings, wood. Every year, neem is rubbed into the surface to preserve it against insects, pestilence. So some of these carvings go back 2,200 years. And for this society, if you look at Ayurvedic uh, medicines, over 70% contain some part of the neem tree, the bark, leaves, roots, and what neem looks like is like olive. They're both droops, they're identical, except that olives you're eating the flesh, right? And here we're pressing the oil out of the kernel. And we have like, what, 6,000 year history and all of a sudden 
somebody misuses a, a bad product and there's this hysteria. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, it's the American way. I have a book. If you guys would like it, I'll send it to you. It's in PDF. Jeremy has it already. Just say the name. He'll pull it off. No, this one is, you can't find it because he graduated from Cologne University in 1958 with a PhD in entomology. And he went to Africa because there was a famine caused by locusts. And when he got there, he noticed that this one group of trees weren't affected by the locusts. And it was the neem tree. So he spent the next 35 years studying the neem tree all over Africa and Asia. And he wrote a book in 93 and it's called The Neem Tree. And it's about, I don't know, 700 pages. I mean, this is heavy duty. This is written by a professor for professors. I didn't even know that there were 46 forms as a directant. Uh, and how microbes can alter the structure to accommodate a, a defense against pathogenic fungi, for example. It's adaptable. And then I learned that in India, it's not uncommon to add neem and karanja to the, uh, what they call straw logs to grow oyster mushrooms. So it suppresses the contaminants and yet enhances I know this is a stupid way to say it, but the good ones enhances the beneficial, the ones, you know, yeah, the ones we're trying to grow, the uh, mushrooms. And I've tested it and I don't know anything, but I know one thing that I got contaminants in this batch and I, the one that had Neiman Karanja, I didn't. Right. So I need to do more investigation. I, I'm just beginning to scratch the surface. So I have to rely I will say this at uh, Instagram, the people that are involved in mycology, they're serious. They're extremely helpful. Uh, I can't say enough good things about all of them. Uh, they know that I do soil. And so a lot of them have an interest in, you know, how do I build a good potting soil and uh, that kind of thing. So they've been Dude, really what's, helpful. What's your Instagram? So Mark can put it up on the, uh, Oh, Clackamas Coot, uh, just no space or nothing. Just at Clackamas Coot. Yeah. <clears throat> Not to be confused with the other 5,200 Clackamas Coots out there online. Don't get me started. You know, I must be, I've, I have provided at least four people with a good pension that ripped me off, you know? And so you can, at some point you just have to start laughing. It's like insane, you know, you take my strains that, you know, been intact for 36 years, never been fucked with. It's an F1, but you're going to improve it. Oh, okay. Let's see how that works out for you. <laughs> and then some of the concoctions they come up with, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to cross it with Skittles. Spittles? No, Skittles. Oh, Skittles. Oh, that sounds good. We're all marching to Zion, right? But I want you guys to see this one picture when he gets at my feet. Uh, this plant, I think, will blow your mind. They pulled a 10 and a quarter pounds off of it. 
and it was loaded with neem, loaded with karanja, and 12 to 15 pounds of barley a week. Now, the only thing about neem, which I think I think turned off a lot of people, uh, is the fact that so many people, so many people, many people are into extracts and into like growing for straight to straight to oil. There's no. And so, oh, I know, I know. And so it, that kind of always made people go like, "All right, well, I don't want to have that in my final product," and it does. No, I understand. It does affect it, so I think that's where. I understand. Came. Okay, the feeds up. What's that? The Instagram feeds up. There you go. Uh, which one did he want me to look at? It looks like a barrel. Should be on his third row, maybe fourth. Okay. Maybe tenth. Third, fourth, or tenth. Could be one of those. Somewhere in there. It's on the page, Mark. Um, okay. <laughs> it looks like an open field with maybe ten plants. Something like that, that. are in six hundred gallon pots. Did you say the TO plant is on the left-hand side? Yes, that's okay, the one. Cool. All right, I'm on it right now. You probably have it on Wait. lag right now, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. we're there now. It's funny that I'm pretty proud the, of this. The photo of the bread is like identical to what the bread that the, the same. My mom makes that same bread, so I was like, wow. It looks oh, like, hala, yeah, yeah. My wife's like Jewish, that. and uh, so I am. My mom has a bread maker and said. That looks good. Let's try it. <laughs> she nailed it, though. I was like, wow. Okay. Now we're synced up. It's up. Okay. I want, I want the bread recipe that uh, Jeremy posted the other day. when uh, Jeremy's a really good baker. Yeah. I mean, he really got into a series doing his own uh, sourdough culture. and Yeah. But I, you know, I grind my own wheat, so I'm in there. <laughs> I got a mill, and uh, I buy uh, the from an organic farmer in Montana, Kamut, uh, which is one of the ancient grains. It's uh, th That word is actually the Egyptian word for bread. The real name is Khorashan. We, it's from Persia, like the rest of them. We're spelled einkorn, uh, emmer. The ones that haven't been screwed with. I mean, America grows the most wheat in the world, but yeah. talk about it. Genetic nightmare. I had nothing to do with GMOs. Just you got like University of Kansas. You know, you know where every wheat's grown. That's what you do. You research to find strains or methods to increase production. We pro we provide most of the world with wheat. We have you know big huge areas to grow it. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that's <laughs> the deal. Right. Well, it's also like you, you know the the biodiversity of the bigger industries like that is very, I mean, they were never really thinking about the fact that. Oh, not at all. Mono, at all. Monoculturing is going to fuck everything up. It's like, no, we're just going for profits and easy growing, you know, less failure rates, et cetera. But. You know, it's, it's similar to cannabis where they took uh, two different continents and they made a hybrid that had, uh, you know, difference in height and production based on that hybrid vigor. And they suppose that that and the Roundup are potentially some of the causes for the heightened increase of allergy. And if you go further down the rabbit hole, um, they talk about lectins as being a potential allergen that comes from that. But uh, I don't know. I try not to be too concerned with those. I eat a lot of bread and I feel pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's one of those weird things where, like, you know, humans have been eating bread for thousands of years, and all of a sudden we're with biology. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's sick, and you're like, okay, well, it, that. I mean, all roads lead back to Roundup, and you know, the, the yeah, fact that people are now allergic to not the, not the actual gluten at all. It's pretty silly when you see a bottle of water with gluten free on it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Or chicken. Yeah, right. Exactly. chicken. Oh, it became yeah. a marketing thing for sure. As, as that's definitely fueled that whole thing. Sure. But I think it's just kind of like the the, um, the fact that Roundup and then Liberty and all those products, those were all designed to attack the the, the the stomach lining of the insect, right? So it's like, okay, well, that just magnet keeps on going. It doesn't stop, right? So then you're you're definitely uh, looking at the you know potential gut damage there, which seems to be about right for most of America, where you look at the just the body mass and the way people are, you can just see like leaky gut right there. Look at that guy. You know what I mean? They have that look, you know, because that's right. that they don't realize they're sick, but they just have real weak line because that attacks the the stomach lining of the insect, makes the insect not want to eat, and then you continue. What's really sick is that the liberty is like turns on for like permanently. So you just start to produce your own fucking version of it inside you. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's some evil shit right there. So you yeah. don't want, you don't want to become a walking pesticide factory. You know what I mean? Because it just does, which it seems to be the case. You talk to anybody in the uh, food or fertilizer business, they will tell you that avoid Oregon because Oregon till was around 30 years before USDA NOP. And really? it takes five years. Say you're a farmer, producer. It takes five years to go from conventional to transitional to final uh, certified organic, OTCO, Oregon Till Certified Organic. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I admit it. it not everyone want to live here. It's pretty left to center, <laughs> politically, to say the least. Uh, so, is that including Eugene? Because if it's including Eugene, oh, Eugene, where all the the way. hippies left after the dead broke up. My yeah, God, man. that's where I. Uh, what do you? <laughs> yeah, we call it the uh, the group down there, the hippie mafia. They just I moved there in '92. So you know the deal. I don't have yeah. to explain Eugene to you. know, it's like I see. I live in the oldest city west of the Rockies, where the end of the Oregon Trail, and it's got enough redneck. It's okay, you know. It's uh, it's not artsy fartsy like West Lynn or Lake Oswego. This is like working class, you know, paper mills and that are closed, but you know. Um, yeah, and then I go like one mile south of me. I'm in farmland. It can be that whole area. So, like to go for a ride here is pretty cool. Even in this lockdown thingy, you know, you can't stop you riding around in your car. So I load up the dog, uh, Agnes, moron, and then uh, just go for like a twenty mile ride, just because you know. Sure. It's not like when I, you know, living where I grew up. I mean, can you imagine living in Whittier, California, what are you going to drive to La Habra? You know, I mean, 
some horrible, you know, traffic. And here you get out and it's like, really, you know, boom, man, you're on the country. It's cool. You're seeing farms and green and, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's a really cool place to live. I'm only like 45 minutes from Mount Hood, maybe an hour from the ocean, the other direction. So you can go That's skiing. Fantastic. Well, not, not right now, right now, but you can go skiing up there in the uh, summer. Yeah, not I mean, good skiing, but you know, it's still. Oregon, Oregon proved that it is an ultimate growing place because it fucking outgrew everything to the point where it killed itself, you know. And it was like the perfect storm of like, well, that's a problem that we can grow all this killer fire weed. Now we can't even sell it, and we're sitting on it, and it's turning into you know worthless. And I always laugh when they talk about how good the sales are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what do they just they never away? talk about how much they're buying. They never talk about how much, like Adam just mentioned, how much is in cold storage, you know, uh, like right. beef or, you know, some bad hamburger. I mean, I, you look, when it went legal here in 2017, the blessing was the liberal Democrats, which control the houses, state houses, they threw a bone to us. Every household can grow four plants. You don't need a permit. You don't need, you know, just grow four plants. Have at it. Goodbye. Well, we have six plants here in Colorado. I know. You know, so that's as close as we're going to get to legalization in my lifetime. And I've waited 50 years for it. Are you sure? You really don't think there's enough political turmoil right now that one of Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't predict parties. anything right now. Everything's, I mean, up in the air. I mean, I, because I want to say, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy wacko, but I've seen things the other day. I went to, huh? It's okay, Adam is. I don't, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy. I just play one on TV, (laughs) on the radio. I I went over to Costco the back way, and there's a a big sheriff's uh, office thingy, right? And and cars were lined up almost uh, three quarters of a mile. And then I, as I got up, because I didn't know why, why this was happening, right? They were giving away boxes of food. And these were middle-class type cars. This wasn't – and it just hit me hard, like, wow, this is really fucking serious. And when I go downtown with my dog and I walk around, the stairs from the homeless who already had enough to worry about it's just it's freaky and and it really disturbs me because i don't deal with that well i you know i want to help i want to you know do something there are enough empty hotels right now that every homeless person could have a place to stay and and you know what they wouldn't it's criminal i mean it's absolutely criminal that in this country with this wealth that we have people that can't have to make decisions about whether they feed their family or pay rent. I I don't get it. I really don't get it. Well, when the politicians start talking about the opening up the economy again, everyone should realize that when they talk about the economy, they're not talking about those CEOs who run the companies. No. They could all show up. The stock prices wouldn't change at all. No. But the individual worker, you are the economy. And if yeah. you choose to show up and your choices, a paycheck, 
and possibly contract a deadly virus or stay home and I can't feed my family, then you're putting the economy, aka the worker, all of us, in tremendous jeopardy and harm. And I, w- I just wish we had, I don't care who's in charge, but you, you shouldn't have to pay to be healthy in a time like this. There should be something that says if you contract this, you should just go to the hospital, get taken care of and not have to worry about it, not go bankrupt for it. You know, you shouldn't have to wait on a food it's line. Insane. Farmers shouldn't be dumping food. They should be taking the food to the where the people are. You know, it's like what Sam Kinison used to say, and he used to joke about in the 80s. Bring the Listen, food where the people are, or bring the people where the food are. I lived through two t- periods of real turmoil in this country. The Vietnam War. Um, I was in the first lottery. I mean, I hid under my bed screaming, no, no, send the women and children first. I wasn't Rambo at all. You know, I, I don't want to be involved in this thing. But the, the streets and, and the riots of the late, we, we had uh, civil rights violence colliding with the uh, graph card. I mean, it was really scary. Hmm. You look at some of the films from the 72 uh, Democratic Convention, or 68, excuse me, you know, where the police just beat the shit out of you know, the the hippies or whatever they were called, you know. Yeah, you have to identify everybody so you, you justify the some kind of police action, you know. I just, uh, I, I'm really committed to helping people grow food because I believe that my methods will give the best nutritional level. And that's what it's about. We've got to get better food in our bodies and our children. And, you know, turn the goddamn TV off, you know, uh, take away their iPads at least an hour a day or something, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Because of war. We just got a whole bunch of thumbs downs for that one. Take away Did the you? iPads. Oh, good. Yeah. <clears throat> well, oh, Mark will get us the thumbs up if he just goes go like this, Mark. Come on. I have a seven-year-old, so I Boom. agree. Like, you know, we're, oh. trying, we're trying to uh, – figure that one out but it's 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 kind of both my children went to montessori school through the fifth grade and that was the best decision i could have made yeah you know because they could think my kid was in montessori like just before the whole covid thing for the first couple months and uh and we were already thinking about homeschooling anyway and now we're out sure Okay, well, yeah, but look what your your child is being exposed to so much awesomeness right now. You're teaching a seven year old to drive. Oh, yeah, How fucking been... cool is that? You know? <laughs> he's killing it. He's killing it. Yeah, yeah. He's getting an education. He'll, he'll learn. Oh, sure. You know, so, Adam, I got a, I got a request for you. Oh, you, you when... wait. We don't wait. Do we take requests? Okay. ACDC, what? No, when Jeremy gets the uh, product prepared, you know, for use, mm-hmm. just do me a favor. Go to Costco, not Costco, but go to Home Depot someplace and buy a, a plant. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay. And just sprinkle a quarter cup of barley, gnarly barley. Mm-hmm. And water it in, and then give me five days, and let me know what you think. Does it have to be a Home Depot plant? Can I just- <laughs> no, anything, any plant. I, I, no, I didn't want to cut into your uh, 
I wasn't no, sure. You, uh, you want a plant from a control group is what you're saying. Some generic plant that. It does, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Do it outside plant. You know, <laughs> if it, I don't know what your weather's like this time of no, year, but. I'm all about beautiful. it. I'm all about it for sure. Um, you, you'll, uh, I, I promise you, it will, it'll change your thinking about how we feed our soils. Mm-hmm. It's that dramatic. It's like the first time I used uh, aloe vera and I was cloning, uh, I was rooting some cuts. And so I ended up with, I had an extra cut and I didn't want to go, you know, do all that. So I just left it in the tray with aloe vera soup in the bottom and these uh, roots grew out 18 inches and there wasn't a brown one in there. And I just went, looked at it and went, whoa, this is better than I thought. I knew it had all kinds of salicylic acid, but sure. uh, aloe vera is probably the first plant domesticated by the human race for use as a uh, medical plant it was in Egypt. They used to prepare the bodies for uh, cre- uh, not cremation, but uh, mummification. They would wipe them down with aloe. And then when it got to India, India adopted and soon made it part of the the Holy Seven, right? And that was that was their business. Uh, and the spice trade and the Silk Road was spread plants all over the world, and they did. If you if you were to look at every skin problem, whether it's a prescription. Mm-hmm. or over the counter it's a value okay it's going to have aloe vera that's just a given because that that's what our aspirin's made from it aspirin is acetyl salicylic acid so the properties that's in aloe vera if you got a headache drink drink some aloe vera juice right it'll work faster than uh aspirin just easier to get to your yeah gets the quicker yeah so anyway, it's it's, uh, it's, it's very definitely a medicinal plant. For sure, you get burned. That's a good one. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's very common in Mexican kitchens to have a potted aloe vera plant. So in case of a burn, I do that because uh, I cook. I actually use the stove. So you know, you just, you know, you're going to get burned when you cook. And uh, a couple of times I've had to cut out, cut out the tip. And you just wipe it down, and boom, the pain's gone. You don't get a welter. <clears throat> You'll like this. I mean, this. I think this gnarly barley is going to be a game changer for especially the home gardener that wants really giant tomatoes and uh, great cannabis. I mean, it's not. This isn't a cannabis thingy. It's a plant thingy. And it's a soil enhancer. I would use it in my worm bins. I would use it on every plant that's of value, whether it's decorative or uh, edible. Let me uh, ask you a quick question because uh, we had some uh, some of our chat gang were, were asking about the Nigerian. The and, Nigerian uh, Sunshine, I think, is what it's called. Yeah. And they said it was one of your strains. Uh, you remember that one? Or? Well, indirectly. Uh, in general, if you have to look at a map, uh, atlas, this will make sense. The epicenter of Indian uh, agriculture is Kerala in the southern tip. It's said that you could throw a 
a mango seed in the ground and you grow a tree from it. It's insane. And India had developed ships that could sail against the wind. And they were trading with Nigeria about 3,500 years ago. And we know this because the diet of the Nigerians included black pepper. And black pepper to this day is like over 97% controlled by India. And they were even sailing into the Mediterranean and trading with the Romans. So they, there's a, a river that flows into the Atlantic in Nigeria. And that's where the slave trade oriented uh, coming to the new world. So seeds were that came out of India ended up in Africa. That's why if you look at them, they're pretty hard to tell the difference between a Malawi or a, you know, whatever, whatever tribe you want to. And, and so I'd gotten all these seeds from a guy who was in the clo uh, cloth business and he had a shop and he would go around the world and buy stuff from small tribes and villages. Uh, cause he sold to designers that would do mass, you know, that kind of trade. And so he brought back these seeds and he had really carefully labeled, excuse me, brought back these buds. Okay. And I, of course, I had no interest in seeds. So I would just take them, you know, bust them up and then I'd put the seeds in a jar. So it's hard to say what, where it came from. But what was fascinating is that these were really raw. I mean, you know, some of them came from some really remote areas of Africa. So when it came to bag of fuel, it was zero. It was some of the ugliest pot. If I showed you, you'd think this guy's nuts. But I'll tell you something. We had to give away a lot initially. No, oh, I got to try this. <laughs> and people just come back and go, my God, it was, that was the strongest weed I've ever smoked. And if you, you know this better than I do, or at least as well, all the strings that are labeled best ones in the 60s and 70s, without exception, are all sativas. Mm -hmm. Thailand, Mexico, you know, Sri Lanka. The curse, and I don't want to put it that way, um, Afghanis weren't even introduced to the thing until the beginnings of indoor for canopy control. Right. So um, that's why I wanted you to see this plant on my feet. The, the one is called the one, but nothing to do with how good it was. It had that there were 10 plants and I set it aside and I said, this one here is mine. Oh, so it's like the one. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, you know, it had nothing to do, I, cause I like, I don't like, I don't like any kind of thing with that panty in it. I just, I don't. And so this one is, is pretty close to the Highland tie, uh, pure it, uh, I know of, I mean, and, and the other one you may have heard of velvet rush. I verified this with his son, but that came from DJ short, uh, when he was working on his blueberry, uh, I was just going to say about the Highland, the, Highland Thai is also one of his base sort of places. Right, right. See, in, in Thailand, this is a geographical thing, nothing to do with 
quality. Yeah, the area. Yeah. The chocolate stuff is from the lowlands. Mm -hmm. And the ones that we like, they have the citrus and, uh, you know, uh, rosewood. I mean, the really exotic stuff. You got Dave uh, and chocolate. That, when you said chocolate, Dave got all excited. I could see it in his eyes. He was all chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Because we had some good um, We did get a lot of good chocolate pies. It's hard it to explain like the dramatic change that happened in the cannabis scene in December 76 when the first high sticks landed in Laguna Beach. It was it was like, whoa. You know, I mean, it was completely off the wall how strong it was. And it was seedy as hell. The tie sticks were not... Sense of Mio didn't arrive for another couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of my jobs was to bust up these bales. They were 10 kilos, so 22-pound bales. And then it would be 20 pounds of sticks and about two <laughs> pounds of untied tie, what became known as Buddha Buds or right. some goofy name. But the seeds, so the first time I ever planted was outdoors. There was no new program, except there wasn't even any nurseries, really. So we uh, planted these Thai seeds, and I, we didn't learn about females and males, and all. they kept going and going and going. And, you know, we were over 20 feet. And I'm thinking, so where are we going to take this when we chop it? So that became a funny story, too. But, you know, I mean, in those days, there wasn't any banking laws. So you could go to the bank and you know, want to convert, you know, $20,000 worth of 20s into <laughs> and they C all notes, smell right? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, you went and bought a car. One night, four of us went into the largest Toyota dealer in Southern California, and we bought four Toyota Celicas and paid cash. <laughs> You know, with the pinstriping and yeah, the, the rims and the, you know, they got to have the sound system, right? Of course. And the, the general manager didn't even bat an eye. Right? I mean, we looked at us and, well. Hey, will you stick around with us and tell some more stories while we, we sort of pay the bills here? and uh, Absolutely. Remind absolutely. Everybody. I got to tell you about my favorite, Adam Dunn, by somebody who saw it. You got you to hear this one. So go ahead. This is classic. Okay. We'll, we'll do that. I guess after we'll start. Um, and you guys so wait, can... before we, before we get into every individual huh? company, let's everybody out there. If you're whatever you're doing, always ask for the done deal, especially oh, okay. right now, you might get a laugh out of someone you're ordering Chinese food. Just ask for the done deal. And if you can record it and then play it back for us, but no, especially our sponsors, yeah, you, yeah, you got to ask for the done deal. You got to make sure you, you mention you heard, maybe they don't offer a done deal, but mention you heard about that dispensary or that product on the Adam Dunn show. So we can keep the lights on and, and, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully Jeremy gets sick of hearing about done deals. Cause that means we're doing our job, but you know, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's, you're actually one of our oldest sponsors. So I think you're the first guy to even enact the done deal. So you were around for its creation because I mean, I got oh, it yeah. to work at an Amsterdam Chinese restaurant. So it's, it's, it's really a global type of, of uh discount. So it works. All right, boys, let's keep it tight. Let's start with a new millennium nutrients, new millennium nutrients.com. 
New Millennium Nutrients, uh, based here in Colorado, uh, is kind of your real easy formula to work with, on, especially on any kind of large-scale production. If you're looking for cost-effectiveness, uh, also <coughs> with, with quality, and uh, also just the, the 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 formula. The way I like about it the most is that it works in uh, seasonal form format. So you you just kind of roll with it. You start with your spring. You start with your spring formula. You know, you obviously roll into your summer and your fall, and then you end up with your winter frost, which is a great standalone product if you want to just try one thing from those guys. Or actually, there's three different products I would say. Pick out the decision, which is uh, as it sounds when you're in that transition phase, and there's not a lot of products out there for that, so it's a great thing to just uh, try to test the waters with. Um, also, the uh, the the ruby fulvic, which is their nine sources of fulvic acid, um, which is a great standalone product, sort of like a plant tonic almost. Uh, use that one in between, sort of the same idea when you just want to kind of feed your plants, but you don't want to, you want to give them a little special bonus, you know? It's a great, it's a great addition to, to the to the arsenic. Uh, so newmillenniumnutrients.com. As for the done deal, you can put it in the promo code, right? If you're online ordering, or there's a coupon code at the end. Uh-huh. Just enter done deal. Yes, sir. And there you uh, go. Definitely check them out and also go to the if you're at the website, you can see a store finder and a calculator there. So you can kind of figure out exactly what you need, which helps a lot. So you don't don't spend too much when you don't need to, right? Sometimes you don't need five gallons of that one product that you only use once at the very end for a tiny amount. Buy efficient. Exactly. Um, and if you just want to chill out, eat a bunch of candy, or I should say adult edibles. I don't know if there's like this oh, yeah. protocol. You can't say incredibles, candy. edibles, baby. Not candy, kids. Nope, not candy. Anyway, now, you adults out there that you want to partake in some of the best, most efficient uh, products out there here in Colorado and all over the place. Now, you can get it in Massachusetts, in Nevada. I think in Puerto Rico, it's kind of like they're, they're they're moving and expanding, which is awesome. They're all over the place right now. I mean, they they have such a great product and such great IP that they can recreate it across the country. And so That's they have a, you know, their brand is when you buy it here and you buy it there, you buy it in one store here. It's the same product everywhere. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I've incorporated into my sort of my daily Corona plan. So uh, I can tell you, it is a very consistent product. If you're a pro, their 50 milligram gummy is just, what a great way to start the day. But you go to iloveincredibles.com and uh, they have another company called truepura.com and that's their CBD line. And we have the done deal going with Truepura. So if you enter the done deal in the Truepura, you get Mark, 25 or is it 20? It's 20, 20 I think. 20%, 20 off. You always say 25 because you're trying to. I, yeah, I'm going to. It's like stuck in my head the wrong way. But uh, maybe we'll get it to 25% eventually. But True Pura makes fantastic, consistent CBD edibles. It's the same people that brought you Incredibles, bring you Mark's True Mark's mom Pura. loves them. Mark's mm -hmm. mom is in love, right? How many oh, she yeah. had? We've we've just, ordered uh, like four bottles now, or, or four bottles. Holy of shit! Already, yeah. nice. Yeah, they I like use it. them quite a bit. They like it. Good, good. So maybe we should just skip over the next sponsor or anything like that. I don't know. Has has that guy paid his bills guy, or anything like oh, that? Oh, that guy's the He's worst. muted, so they won't be able to hear him anyway. So 
Hey, unmute your thing, no. Jeremy. Unmute yeah. your thing, Jeremy, because we're going to say com is our next build sponsor. Soil.com. Anything you can tell us about Build a Soil, Jeremy? Those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're a cool place. You can buy some soil. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, the word, as the name and, uh, mentioned. Yeah, no. Um, you guys. It's just the pursuit of, of quality ingredients and it's our favorite thing to do. And so build a soil is just a natural evolution of this hobby and it's turned into a vegetable farm. I think you even have our shirt on. I see right there for build a soil family farms. Oh yeah. Nice. And so we're learning a lot of lessons right now. We just hope to share them with all of you as we get better at farming. And yeah, it's free and shipping is, over five. You need the uh, t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to say Cooch Mix on it. Send it over. I'll wear your T-shirt. Kidding me? Of course. One thing that uh, Build a Soil, everybody who ever deals with you is always like, man, those guys are the shit. No matter if they you know, have to work through something or figure it out, it always gets done, right? And that's like the most important part. So you have to use a done deal, of course, when you check out because, like I said, I want to, I want to drive Jeremy crazy. Well, what is the done deal? Because we, you know, we always ask about it. What is, and we never know what seven, it is. What, it's like seven, Jeremy? Seven what is the done right? deal? Seven percent at checkout. I have no idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I remember. <laughs> that's what I remember. It's like seven percent, and mm-hmm. I figure if you guys have extra T-shirts or hoodies or hats, just throw those in. Man. The done deal. Done deals should be like nothing, you know, consistent. It should always be about as consistent <laughs> as our starting time, where you're like, I don't know, man. I just got like extra things all the time. Yeah, man. whatever. We'll just throw something in. Yeah, uh, like done that's deal. Good. Yeah, that's a good deal. Uh, especially when you get those things. So I, I love when I go to grow shops and things are like at the borderline of uh, can't sell it on the shelf because it says the date's going to be bad. But you know, it's like even more than milk. You can like go another year with that shit. And that shit so good. <laughs> People are you know stupid and have to put uh, sell by date on a lot of stuff. So maybe we get mom's sourdough recipe if you mention. The oh yeah, deal. just throw some sourdough down. Throw the sourdough in. Yeah, that's a super done right there. Oh, we could do it. Maybe one person <laughs> a day, but uh, I'll I'll text you my address. And all right, I'll, I'll send the sourdough it. starter. Um, the other thing that really kickstarted Build a Soil was. Uh, the realization that the information that Coot was sharing with us was was real. And somebody that he knows um, went under the name Gaskanistan at this time. At the time, he was really vocal um, on the online forums and really started doing like the dump and reamend and leveraging what Coot was talking about. And then there was Tad Husey from Keep It Simple and there was Microbe Man and a lot of this crowd that kind of would get kicked out of the group or would fight with uh, other people about what would work and was pushing the, the envelope. So they started a private sub form. And then out of that, um, some of these recipes crept out. A lot of people tried them and build a soil started because we just wanted to share that recipe. And the big difference that we noticed was that if you're in hydro, you could talk about parts per million and nutrient brand and clean water, same conversation, no matter phone, coast to coast, but with soil, it's like, go get some compost down the street. And you're like, well, I'm not getting the same result as you. And it's a huge variable. Um, so that's really what Build, Build the Soil was trying to initially um, tinker with these recipes. And so we've never stopped doing that. That's why you see us playing with things all the time. Right. And I think also, it's just, <laughs> you know, as people realize uh, two years, three years down the road when they have the same soil over five years, um, just the the fact that you have your own unique formula there at that point and you're 
in control of it and you understand it at that point because you've probably hit the highs and the lows and almost fucked it up or yeah. whatever. And you know, you know your parameters at that point. We've learned a lot. Yeah, we're sharing it with the public and we actually have a free uh, soil calculator that we're about to release maybe tonight. If I can do it, I just got the last revision done on a formula that was a little too hard for me for like a graph on it. Um, but in any case, what we started off with soil testing was, well, let's test the coots and see if it matches up to the books that we're reading. And it hit the nail almost on the head. Um, but then we had to learn uh, about some of the problems that cannabis has. And that's like, if you double everything that he says, some problems might happen. I mean, like more is not always better. Sure. And some of these compost sources were not nearly as good as homemade vermicompost. And we couldn't find any at scale. Never will be. So what's happened is, it's just it, things get better and better for the organic farmer as they find more local sources, as they learn how to do these things, where just like, there was one nutrient line back in the day. There was no organic, uh, there was no good compost. Now you, you might be able to find somebody who actually got excited about this and has their own worm farm and you might be able to find them locally uh, where before they were just raising fishing worms. And so things are changing. We're seeing a lot more localized production of these things. And then um, on top of that, people are growing their own plants to make it full circle just to feed their worm bin. And so people get weird mm -hmm. with it. And no matter what they do, they see, good results. Um, and I know when I did nutrients, I would see one plant, a little tip burn, one plant a lot bigger and going faster than the other. And of course it could have been genetics, but when you start growing in a very healthy soil and you see all of the plants are at peak health, it seems to be easier to pick the genetic winners than, is it me? Is it them? Like what's going on here? Um, and then as you, as I got older and I'm running a business, I realized that the only way I was going to be successful in this and keep it as a, as a daily habit instead of maybe one cycle a year was to leverage a little bit larger container and leverage the soil life and all the stuff that he shared with us so that I could go snowboarding and run a business and do things where um, if somebody needed help, they could pour some water on it or best case scenario, I could go, you know, a couple of days without really tending to the garden. And now it's a reality. And a lot of people want that, not just the, how do I grow a big hydro system, even though it's really fun. Um, there's more to it than that if you're going to do it every day. So I used to tell people all the time that if you're going to do a living soil garden, you're going to have to invest in a bike or something to do uh, because you're not you're going to have a lot of free time. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to do once you get it into a good soil. You make sure that the hydration level is correct for that particular whatever type plant you're growing. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, all this silliness about checking the runoff on the drain or the, you know, I mean, you just sit there and you shake your head. Well, like, where do you guys come up with this stuff? We can always complicate everything, you know? So. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're um, gonna we, have to, we have to continue with the finishing on so the shout outs, but just hang in there. Oh, sorry. The I've got to go pretty soon. So I'll hang out until we're done, but uh, I want to hang out as long as I can. Yeah, well, let me know if you have any big orders coming to uh, the Boulder area, and there's room on the truck, and you can uh, drop some off here. But next, this Boulder's is always a story. I'm sure so we got about twenty minutes. We got about twenty minutes. Uh, it's twenty to uh -oh, seven before we get everybody on. So greenfarmsmed.com. Yes, sir. Growing no-till cannabis here in Colorado, using mostly most. But he said about ninety percent of the products he gets are great from Jeremy. So there you go. Sweet. It's a testament to the uh, product itself. People are finally realizing uh, 
you know, that it's worth consuming uh, organic grown cannabis, obviously from a health point of view and, you know, all around taste the, the, the rosin yep. that they produce is amazing. Oh. And uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. You know, the, the, the people that are producing that, some of those guys are just literally following the SOPs on a formula from, uh, you know, pure pressure. Like all the, all the people we know are making high quality products. So the pure pressure guys, SOPs using Jeremy's uh, inputs and quality genetics and just producing fire. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it's just like, think, think, think. You can just, and that's the whole thing about growing cannabis in general is just like consistency is the key. And if you can do a good job, I think that's been the hardest part over the years. Like just people who kind of one hit wonders, you know, they grow one good crop and they're just like, that's it. Pat myself on the back for the rest of my life. And you get other guys who can do it like on a, you know, bi-weekly basis or a monthly basis. Or become a consultant. <laughs> exactly. I smoked the purple that, that it was, I, I wish I knew the name of it right now. If you're listening, JW, let us know, but it was so terpy and so flavorful. Well, it was, uh, most of the well, I plan on getting uh, my strain back there to Jeremy, uh, the, the infamous TO, and um, obviously he'll distribute it to as many people as possible. And I'm in the process of having 100 cuts prepared, and I'm going to distribute uh, them in Oregon free with the stipulation that they give at least five away to other you know, oh, yeah. give it to five other sure. people because sure. you know, honestly, I've never made a dime off that strain. Well, we're going to start a seed away. company. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've, I've grown at least, I mean, I've grown, given away at least 300 cuts, mm-hmm. you know, right. over the last 10, 15 years, maybe. And then uh, rooted plants because honestly, I know how to root the cutting. I always have more plants than I need. So well, the next time that you're in Colorado, you come down and, and we'll introduce you to JW at greenfarmsmed.com. And then they also have Green Farms Feed and Seed in Louisville. Also carrying a bunch of products from Jeremy. So, so let me so. tell my famous Adam Dunn story. <laughs> Wait, no, we, got a few, gonna, we got a few more shout outs. Yeah, you're going to have to hold okay, it off. Right. A few more yeah, shout-outs. Shout <laughs> we got to keep the light. If we don't get these off, the lights suddenly dim and our, our internet yeah, slows to dial up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but Green Farm Sweet and Seed is in Louisville, and you can pick up products. Uh, if you can't wait, Jeremy's like told you three days. You're like, I can't do it. I got to have it. There's a good chance they'll have the products there because all they concentrate on is organic growing. Uh, obviously, from the fact that they're doing organic growing at their at their uh, dispensary, but in general, they it's good access uh, for all products. Uh, that you may need for gardening in these days. Not sure about the curbside pickup and all that, but you can use a done deal. That's 100%. That's Absolutely. Sure. Nice. That's, well, you can call and ask them. You never know if they have a, a curbside down there. I mean, things are changing every day. Sure, you can ask for it. Yeah. Bring that shit outside with your hazmat suit. And then for people that don't have curbside, when you need coffee, you can go to Ozo Coffee, right? Is that that's on ozocoffee.com? And you can get 20% off by entering the done deal in the uh the coupon code or the promo code at the end and that, as always they do free shipping 
no Western slope for them, or they're just older only, or whatever. No, no, free shipping everywhere in the country. I know that, but do they have a shop in Western Slope or no? Um, no, I think it's only five stores. It's um, Boulder, Longmont. I don't, you know, like three or four in Boulder, a couple in Longmont, but they are open, you know, doing the social distance thing. You can check their Instagram feed out. Justin and Rebecca have been running the store for, oh gosh, I want to say over 10 years now. Um, They were baristas and they really know coffee. I mean, they're the original strain hunters of coffee because their coffee sourcer would go around the globe sourcing the best from local farms then they bring the bean back green and they roast it in there. It's like a 1959 roaster. So it's fantastic. 1959 so roaster. I mean, it, it, it works, right? It's, it's proof that uh, there's been chrome. some consistency. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, you should see it. I mean, we'll, we'll go down there. We'll, when we don't have to stay so far away from each other and we'll, we'll shoot some shots One and drink day, some coffee we'll... and do a pairing. Right on. Get Cannabis the done, and coffee pairing. The done deal at ozocoffee.com. Ozocoffee.com. Enter the done deal. 20% off your first order. So hopefully if you guys, you know, you go big right now on your first order, then maybe we'll have another done deal next month, something different. But uh, Ozocoffee.com, fantastic coffee. I drink it all the time. Five pounds right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. That's where you get a free pound at that point. If you're 20% off, Mm -hmm. pretty much. It gives you one free pound. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna make us do math, Adam. Come on, that's just that's the way to do it. If you less, it's not really worth it, right? You're gonna have like nine right. free beans. You're like, no, you want the whole. Thing. Onward to treasure. Treasure. Oh, treasure uh, Barcelona. Oh, PD, we miss oh. you. When when Barcelona opens up again, it's <laughs> a done deal. You go to treasure. Yeah. Basically, have to pry open the doors right now. So I don't know how you're gonna get. You have to break in to get. <sighs> Get the I've seen a few posts on Instagram, but nothing of anybody being in there. Not happening yet. In their facility. But, uh, when it does, make sure you stop in, say hi to Petey, and get that done deal going. Get that done deal on. You save 30 euros. So normally you'd have to have a 30 euro membership fee. They waive that for you if you mention the done deal. And if you really try to browbeat them, ask for a joint, tell them Adam told you you can have okay. one. Yeah. We'll see Fine. what happens. Dave. Don't say Dave because that'll. No. Just- he won't know who I am. That's a deal killer. They'll be like, Dave, Dave's not here. You're like, oh, he's not here, it. man. Forget but it. Treasure Barcelona, fantastic cannabis club in Barcelona. We wish you guys all well out there. Hope you open up real soon. Extract craft. Uh, no, apothecary farms. No? Oh, apothecary yeah. extracts. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What, it, 10% quick. off, right? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry, twenty twenty-five dollar gram plus a an infused joint. Yep, exactly. Mark, Mark, Mark went there. Got got the fucking deal. Was mm, loving yeah. it. Check went it. overboard. Went overboard. Yeah, bought everything. Right? Yeah, just. Yep, we got styled out pretty good. It was awesome. Yeah. And they do you know, have curbside there, so. uh Awesome. I mean, that's the shit. They just got into rosin, and I can say if this is their first attempt at rosin commercially, then they're gonna, they're doing a great job. Yeah, it's been up for a couple months, but yeah, totally. Like, it's really good. I dig it. Yeah. So, it's apothecary just, extracts is in stuff. in Denver and Pueblo, and Pueblo, and or Colorado or and, the, and Colorado Springs. And if you go on to Instagram, it's apothecary co at the end, because otherwise you end up if you do apothecary extract co not apothecary extracts 
Otherwise, you're in the UK and you're like, who the fuck are these guys? Does it make any sense? That's what I did. That's what you did? Yeah. I go straight to the wrong thing. (laughs) And I put them on our page. I was like, "Mm, this is not quite quite right but yeah go uh, do yourself a favor get a gram of ambrosia it's it's definitely worth it it's like very terpy and delicious <laughs> yeah. they were on the sh- they were on the show uh last week or week before week yeah before. it was last but, week i think i think so tropicana cookies holy, holy moly yep holy moly right yes, on yeah. now extract craft extractcraft.com extract craft if you want to pick up a small source unit you can get one right from jeremy he's got them in stock uh so that just proves the point right there once jeremy's vetted any company we know that he's checked them out plus they're in longmont they're local it's like watching uh people build custom cars or something where each guy is putting it it's like it's not it's not coming out of china everything can be replaced it's no bullshit it's easy to work with and you get about 98% return on your on your alcohol, so that's awesome. And you can clean up alcohol right now. If you're worried about cleaning stuff, you can actually make foolproof alcohol uh, by running it through there once. Taking like seven. That's awesome. Taking out all the water, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so you go to extractcraft.com, throw the done deal at them. Uh, if you can also, they have the Ito model, which is uh, larger size, which does about a pound at a time. That's actually, I wouldn't say commercial, but it's definitely gets more done, which uh, depending on your scale of growing, might be the one for you too. Same deal, done deal on everything. They had a little bit of a lag recently because they were getting obviously a lot more interest in the last few weeks because you got nothing to do but buy shit online like <laughs> those five of these six of those uh but uh yeah if you do if you do manage to get one of these machines you're going to need some alcohol and then you can go to our sponsor which is 420extractor.com right come on do it 420extractor.com got one job dave's got one job <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. I was tra- I was looking at the picture that Coot had behind him right there. It's really cool. Uh, 420extractor.com. These guys are producing uh, here in Colorado for, for alcohol. So uh, always about food quality stuff. And they decided that they wanted to help out the guys from food quality stuff. And they uh, from uh, Extract Craft and produce some local great partnership high quality high quality alcohol that you can uh, run those machines um and you know good alcohol these days like literally one of those commodities where you're like you can't have too much right you know, everybody ran out and grabbed five gallons like myself and probably has <laughs> 4.7 gallons left but it's still good to have you know i mean at least you know it's a it's never a bad thing uh so no. check those guys out and uh, obviously done deal if you're ordering direct from them. And it's about 40 bucks a gallon uh, shipped inside of Colorado, so that's pretty good pricing and a lot easier than... What's the done deal? Who the hell knows? It's some percentage off. It'll be something. So if it costs 40 bucks, yours will be less. Don't worry, we're going to round up all this stuff soon. Yeah. There we go. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. and then we got fourteenerboulder.com, right? Yes. When you give it when you give it up and you just need to go buy some weed. You gotta you go to fourteener. So if you're in Boulder, 
Well, if you're not even in Boulder and you want to come to Boulder, you need a reason. The the reason is come to Fortiner because they grow fire, fire, fire herbs. Yes, they do stick my face on a can of DJC. So you buy that strain. It's the truth by Deadhead OG. And it was a dead bandanas. I saw that. I was impressed. A buff, right? <laughs> yeah, they have a little a circular buff you can wear. But just truth be told, if you do wear one, you might wind up with my face on your nose. So, uh, you know, exactly. it's the the price you pay for uh, being safe. But it is it is the absolute. It is quality connoisseur cannabis. Um, the genetics they're growing are fire. I, I wish I could say they had some Adam Dunn strains. They don't, but oh. it, try the truth. It's it's on the medical shelf right now. It's on the rec shelf right now. It's the strain that brought me into 14er. It's a pure Jamaican land race sativa, and it is absolutely unbelievable. I'm smoking it 10 years right now, and I'm not sick of it. I can smoke it every day. It is it is the fire. The rosin they're making through 14er manufacturing is just spot on this white whipped buttery goodness white um, whipped. I, I mean it's just amazing i mean it really is amazing i i just i absolutely love it and they do partner with apothecary extracts to do ambrosia strains so i have some magic here in the truth as well but uh they're in boulder across from the ymca you have to go to 14yearboulder.com. You got to enter a pre-order. If you're a medical patient or somebody with any type of immune problem or a veteran or a senior, they are open from 10 to 11 just for you. So you can place your pre-order between 9 and 10. Um, they'll fill it. They'll let you know to show up after 10. You pick it up. Totally safe. Um, only one person in the store at a time. Everyone's wearing a mask and gloves. 14yearboulder.com. Love you guys. Sweet. Fish, fish shit. Oh, shit. Fishheadfarms.com. These guys are killing it. Simple product, but highly effective. Uh, Fishhead Farms utilizes some fucking tilapia. Tilaparia. Some, <laughs> some diarrhea from some tilapia. I don't know. What do they got? How do they do it? They no, put diapers on fish. Oh yeah, not yeah. Well, top floor it's genetics derived, won some last week. It's derived from feeding out. tilapia to proprietary mix feed. Say it. Yeah. Say it again. Ah, <laughs> is derived from feeding tilapia a proprietary mix of feed. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Nuclear. It's definitely nuclear. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it works. I can fire. You got it on your shelf over there, or what, Jeremy? You got fish head farms. You got the fish shit yet? Well, we'll introduce you to uh, no. Tommy over at Fishhead Farms because oh, yeah. you'll really you'll dig it. Mm-hmm. You'll dig it. Pretty dope. But is it uh, tilapia? Nah, I'm not into it. <laughs> He's like, I only want the I only want the salmon and the quality. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, that's good. It could be a great product. I just got so much going on, but uh, we'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll get you some anyway. I'll get you some salmon. Yeah. I'll have some. You'll salmon. love it. You'll love the stink. Uh, it's one of those love products that you, once you get, once you, this, I did views of this round all the way through and it was fucking noticeably terpier and just like, I, I felt like the plants resistance was as high as I, I had literally one of the best crops ever. Can't say if it's just fish shit or not, but everything else was the same. Just that one product 
it was kind of like how photosynthesis when you first opened it up it stinks horrible and then later you love it you're like i love that give it to me you want to open it up you want to smell it you want it to stink horrible and that just gives you that little bonus no he doesn't want that he wants it listen to him jeremy's the book worst sideline guy yeah no. really somebody cut off jeremy's mic i meant right stinky though. no that's okay yeah. i love stinky i feel like the stink because it come back like an hour later and it's gone and you're like yeah they sucked up all the stink they loved it they loved but it. listen we fish head farms we've had one of the best contests we've been giving away uh five liter jugs every now and then i'm sure we'll have another giveaway in the next few weeks oh, we have more to give away so just gotta send us your uh your your imaginary images mm -hmm. of uh, fish in a diaper I already have another winner right now. Oh, it sweet. Can be anything. It can be yeah. crazy. It's not my face again, is it? No. Cyber shit. Okay. It, was Cyber the, it was the fish shit one. Uh, it's yeah, in, it's well, in the Discord. They're all fish shit ones. I'll pull it up, though. All right. uh, anyways, okay. onward. Seedsherenow.com. Oh, if you need seeds uh, and you need them here and you need them now, Obviously, you go to Seeds Here Now because there's nobody else can get you them like that. These guys have the, the best service when it comes to seeds. And also, uh, if you have any issues or things don't go the way you thought, just give them a heads up. Tell them what's up. And if they, you know, it's a legitimate thing, which it should be, then they'll replace them no problem, which is what they should do. Uh, but also, they have just the, all the breeders that are uh, they're working with, they use original packaging direct from the breeder. There's no even though they are like middlemen technically, but there's no middlemen as far as like breaking up packs and give me your top three choices and we might get you one. That's always, you know, that's those are, those are all the kind of guys you don't need to order seeds from. No. You want to order seeds from anybody you want from the guys who get online, you order them, you get what you want and guaranteed. Uh, check online. And remember, they, got a, they have such a great program to make sure that their breeders participate in any profits from the sale of seeds they really take care of their breeders and you've been in the industry a long time you've heard enough stories to know that breeders get fucked over idea people get fucked over i mean we brought it up tonight you know so um listen they run a quality operation at seedsherenow.com when you spend a dollar there a portion of that goes to the people who created those genetics and adam's one of them so he got done loud on there Right. Oh yeah, we got we got a bunch. It's Sage Master. Sage Master, yeah, Sage Master. You got your bubble gum. Yeah. Thanks, Look at that. Seedsherenow.com. And last, <laughs> lastly, okay. Illuminarlighting.com. Illuminar Lighting. Oh, Jeremy gave us a heads up. Oh, look, he's happy. Oh, now. he likes Illuminar, or he likes oh, this the last one. Yeah. We got one. <laughs> we got like a fifty-fifty on on the last couple of months. But no, the guys over at Illuminar Lighting, those guys crush it. And uh, anything you need uh, as far as layouts and stuff, they can pull that together for you, which helps a lot. Um, but also, if you're just wanting one light, two lights, whatever you need, you contact them direct. Just tell them you want the done deal. They're going to take care of you extra special. You should also ask um, uh, for their camera lens uh, covers. Those are also very useful for taking photos inside the room. So those are beautiful. Um, but just... Order some lights. Tell them you need the done deal. You want those lenses. I need to. I need one of those lenses. People will end up buying the light to get the damn lens. <laughs> I think it. we just got a pallet that he's dropped off today. There you Did go. You? Nice. Uh, also, their IL eight. I guess they are right. Or the the LED lights that these guys are putting out are beautiful. They're like 
the bar bar style. Uh, put out an immense amount of light, super uh, <coughs> efficient, and just great lights all around. Also, and they're also available to help you with your lighting design plan at all. You know, if you just have your, your square footage, you can give them a call and they'll help you make sure you build out the space right. At the end of this month, we'll also be giving away a 315 uh, ceramic metal halide on the last Friday of every month. So yep. go to their Instagram page, check out their word of the month, get to know that, make sure you have that in your, in your memory banks or on your phone somewhere. During our show on that day, we will call somebody who has sent us a thing telling us something like, hey, guys, uh, I need a light. At the new it's email, donedeal.adamdunshow.com. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. We've been dying to say that all show. We've just been, we got to tell him one more time. Well, he thinks it's done deal at adamdunshow.com, but he thinks I'm checking it. I haven't loaded it on my phone yet, so I haven't been able to check it yet. So I'll get to it nice. to, so tomorrow. Finally. Finally, one place for done deal inquiries. Cause, That's it. Uh, all winners can go there, contact the direct for that, and also contest some things like that. So, all right. And, and there we uh, go. And you know what? We're going to have a landing page for you guys. So eventually we'll just have one page with all the done deals on there. So we'll be able oh it'll be God. this succinct little space where it says how much and where to go. I think Angie's list for weed vetted by the show. Perfect. Can't get better than that. Mm-hmm. We got a winner. It's like All Google. Right. We made it through. Dude, we only right, have guys... one person waiting in the Zoom if they want to. If we want to let them in, but uh, well, we had nearly two hundred plus in yeah, the chat room at one time too. That it was a uh, the the dialogue was intense. Yeah, anybody wants to jump on can come onto the Zoom. You you already posted that, I assume, into the chat or. The, yeah, I already uh, I posted it there. You can go to our link tree slash Adam Dunn show. It's the first link there. Password ADS420, all caps. Yeah, Come on. All in. you guys are so eager to oh, we gotta give get, your opinions I, when you don't have your we, video on. We do have to get the story from uh, Clackamas right out of the gate. So yeah. Because we, we will forget otherwise because we're stoners. So Dude, what's that story the, you have to tell us now? Tell us the story. Okay, so two years ago. It was uh, winter time, first of February, and Jeremy calls me and he says, "Boy, I got a deal for you." I said, "What's that? How would you like to go to Florida and watch uh, Karanja meal and oil being processed?" And you go look at the trees, and I went, "Wow, yeah, that sounds really cool." So, uh, the guy who was in charge of merchandising, marketing, whatever for this Karanja company. He contacts, makes arrangements, and I get down there. And uh, I had told him before, because he didn't know anything about this, you know, thing, the uh, cannabis thing. I said, well, you got to go watch uh, the Adam Dunn show. And I said, I did like two, three and maybe four uh, episodes, but like the first one was pretty cool. Uh, because it was, uh, I think, about uh, using oils, different botanical oils to as a pesticide and fungicide and stuff. So about an hour later, he says, were those guys smoking pot? (laughs) And I said, I said, well, yeah. He goes, my God. Oh, I forgot to tell you. This guy had been like an investment banker with Morgan Stanley. I mean, he was pretty buttoned down, right? You know, if we were all going uh, below, he would have been okay with that. 
I don't probably or you know, God knows mistakes. Like cool. So and he says, I've never heard of such a thing. And I looked at him and I said, Is this like your first rodeo <laughs> in this uh, deal? You know, I said, You're gonna be dealing with people that grow hemp and cannabis and some state, you know, whatever. I said, legal and otherwise, you know. And uh anyway, that so that's funny. I got back home. I told Jeremy, I said, man, you better grab this because I'm not sure these guys got this thing down at all. So they, you know, they wanted to get some product out. And so they did. And then as it turned out, it was a nice success story for Jeremy and his customers because it's a really high quality product. But wow, what a trip. I thought I was in purgatory and I'm not even Catholic. I mean, it was really concerned to me, you know. I'm riding around with Morgan Stanley, vice president or something I'm like Whoa! Why don't you? You know, I don't know. Right? No, it's funny. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> nice. I, I had it once. Uh, my my kid. Uh, I picked my kid up at school one day, and he's he's all excited because he told his teachers to all watch my show. You know, and I was like, Oh my god! Dude. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. He's like, No, oh, everyone's gonna watch him. Like, I told everybody. Oh. I'm like to watch what my show i was like no we don't want to you don't want to tell me no. to watch my show so and i never heard anything direct from them but i was like oh my god that was like the worst uh, and now we're homeschooling that, that's why you decided to homeschool nick <laughs> and he's homeschooling now yeah yeah so <laughs> they get in trouble at our school part of well, another is, uh, thing too uh i hope i'm not stepping on jeremy's toes but uh we talked about you know everybody has made a not everybody. There's a lot of version of the coots mix out there, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. And usually I just do that, you know, the paper bag over my head. You know, I don't want to hear about it. I had nothing to do with it. But anyway, doing a uh, an actual coots mix and selling that as a potting soil, obviously, for gardens. Probably maybe do a version for worm bins. A good, you know, get a good start. And, uh, you know, bring some value to the weird world of uh, cannabis soil mixes. I always have to laugh when I read the labels. And it's like, wow, why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's label building, let's be honest here, you know. Sure. So... There's one uh, mine product called, uh, a chemist would call it, or a geologist would call it, uh, sulfate of potash magnesia. There's a company called Mosaic that has a commercial product, and they call it KMAG. And then they have another division called Sulpomag, sulfur, potassium, magnesium, right? And you can use... And in your recipe for your uh, brand of fertilizer mix, right? But you have to have that sulfur mag displayed prominently on the on the on the box. So it's not uncommon to see every version on there hidden in the list of ingredients because it makes it look like, wow, these guys really. Yeah, it's the same material. You know, three different ways of using it or calling it, whatever. That's mm -hmm. The kind of thing that I don't know, I just really got sideways about. Why do you have to, you know, this whole secretive 
hide everything, you know, and uh, try to deceive your uh, customer. It just doesn't, it's not necessary. Welcome, Manly, and you're, you're on the Adam Dunn Show. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, man. Good, bro. You guys can't invite me on and expect me not to show up. Sweet. Yeah, dude. Come Sweet. on. Jump on anytime. That's what they're for. Got a question for any of these esteemed cannabis experts? Um, I was actually talking with Coot the other day on Instagram, and he mentioned um, a, a specific year of the Oaxacan that was really nice. Yeah. And I wasn't, I can't remember what year it was. I can't find the conversation anymore. Oh, 77. Uh, some spears came out of Mexico. And, of course, it was seedy. The largest cannabis seeds I've ever seen, actually. And so the branches were, I don't know how they dried it, but you got a branch like about 30 inches long from the uh, where it attached to the stalk out uh, to the tip. And the leaves were just this uh, beautiful, like every color you've ever seen in cannabis. You know, the purples, the blues, the reds, the oranges in the uh, flowers. And I quite like I say, seedy as all get out. But it didn't matter because well, there was no seedless yet. That would, wouldn't come till 78. And most of that was domestic. And this stuff, I mean, people talked about it for years. And this was a deal where they'd gone down and taken uh, Levi's and Buck Nine tools, you know, and down because money, you know, to farmers in the hinterlands of Mexico doesn't have as much impact as clothing and tools. And that's how they bought them or bartered them or whatever. Wow. It was a one time hit and it was over. And I never. Uh, the people I was working with just were never able to find it. They found other good, don't get me wrong, like the lime green stuff from uh, Kulikon. Uh, I mean, really lime. Yeah, the Oaxacans, But again, it was all had seeds. The Oaxacans were had like super, I mean, I was too young to ever, I was only six, seven years old then. But uh, I saw photos and it always looked, it looked like it was kind of like a little bit like how a haze would grow uh, calyx to calyx and not really yes. full whole bun structure and then just right. long the longest hairs ever like you're like oh, yes. huge hairs which doesn't equate to to weight at all you know so there's no weight at no, all. No. like ridiculous uh puffy you know in the cannabis hair. scene so when i was in high school you could buy a kilo a brick whatever from you know some of the guys in and around the brotherhood i mean there's there's weed everywhere in Laguna. It wasn't like you had to be connected. And so you would pay $45 for a kilo. And uh, you, you sold lids. You know, and uh, the weighing thing didn't happen for you know, like 73, 74 when the price went up. You know, the first one was Panama Red. Uh, that was the first one like really cool weed because it was stronger but nothing impacted the whole scene like tie sticks in 76 77 it was uh, teutonic uh, nothing had ever come that powerful and uh, this was I, I don't mean this in a negative way I'm not trying to be mean screwed. this is a true drug I mean and what do you think the profile was you think it was like a lot of THCV or something like that maybe back in the day that was not available so much anymore or I don't know, but when you get the TO to grow, 
that's got most of the when I grew the tie, the seeds from the tie sticks, I was looking for that profile because, well, I just, I don't care for the indica deal at all. And um, so you can really see, I don't know what it is, but it's a head slammer, but in, not in a stone way, but in a high way, you know, being high, not being stone. Um, I'm probably really dating myself with that analogy. But, um, what do you mean? No, that's a Jack error. You know, yeah, that's, that's how he used to talk. Yeah, You're amongst it's, uh, um, and I'm going to really this one isn't really bothers me. So in the '78, '77 era, I hooked up with these guys with a lot of vowels in their last name out of uh, Detroit. And uh, they were dropping in bales of Colombian that, interestingly enough, on the uh, burlap on the outside, it said, Indus in, you know, Spanish or whatever, industrial products of Argentina. So something was goofy, you know. <laughs> I'm not sure it was Colombian, right? And, okay, so the deal there is that the guy, you know, the guy that sold on the street, though, you know, waiting for their man by the velvet underground, you know, uh, everybody had to have a guy, you know, you went to to get your weed on Friday nights. So right. it, they would pay like, say $500 for a pound of Columbia. And so if they sold 10 ounces, they recovered their investment and they had six ounces left. No. I think Jeremy's going to exit the building. Jeremy had to exit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he. he. It's okay. We're yeah, good. keep going. Go I'm back. sorry. You well, anyway. So you ended up with three hundred dollars worth of weed, and three hundred dollars <laughs> in '78 was a lot of money. That's skippy. Really, a lot of money. So they would sell them to us for like two twenty-five a pound with thirty days to pay it off. And um, so we would, the expression was, I don't want to own it. I only want to fingerprint it. So you tack on 50 bucks or something like that. And so that doesn't sound like a lot of money you might make, you know, but when you're getting 4,000 pounds on a front and you got 30 days to work it, yeah. it was pretty nice. I mean, because they're always funny money, always just insane. Uh, it had no value anymore. So that was the days of albums, right? I'd go over to like Music Plus, which was a huge music store in Southern California. And even then I dropped three or $400 on albums. I mean, I kept them in crates, uh, peach crates, because they fit perfectly. And I had them stacked on walls. And I never listened to them. It was just because you could do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's and you know what? It's really an unhappy way to live when you have this funny money and you just come up with stupid crap to buy. To be selective with your stupid crap, <laughs> such as the story of of a uh, window shopping. What, right? What's funny now is like you know sometimes you see like guys who, um, you know, went to jail in the eighties or the nineties or something like yeah. that. Yeah, then they get out and they still have all their toys, their so-called toys that are yeah. so, so swag now, you know what I mean? You're just like, 
what is that thing? Like you got busted in what, 1982 or something like that? Like, oh, a terrible year to get busted. Like you had the best of the best in 82. That is nothing now. Like there's not anything from 82 that nobody really wants. You know what I mean? That was not a good year. <laughs> not a good year to go to jail. If you went to jail in the 50s or something, 60s, maybe 70s. But not once you got in the 80s, you know, there was nothing. We used to call it uh, going away to school. Uh-huh. So, hey, Mike's uh, back uh, from school, you know. Well, I see guys that were wearing, like, if you see a guy wearing, like, a, one of those jackets with the fucking Jaguar thing on the back or whatever it is, and the fucking all the, you know, like, like oh, that's a definite, like, 90s something vibe. You know, he's got, like, too many patches going on. Pant, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely get caught in those fucking, in those years. I always was accused of being paranoid. On the other hand, I never took a hit. I mean, there were times like I'd almost invested in something, like put up some money for, you know, whatever down payment on load. And there was just something about the person. I thought, you know, I just don't want to do this. Um, because remember, the DEA didn't even get past the law till 73. And so by 77, they were still picking out window treatments you know, for their offices. <laughs> you know, they we was you know on the radar. They had this cocaine problem down in El Paso. And uh actually we had it made. I mean there was nobody out around looking for grows. Mm-hmm. So it's one year we we did the Thai seeds. I mean we had thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's when we went and bought four cars at one time and just paid cash. Just opened up a briefcase and they were in thousand dollar decks and just, you know, flipped them out on the table. But can we get that one pin strength? You know, just, uh, it was goofy, goofy times. And then, yeah. um, nowadays, nowadays you can't pull cash out to buy anything. No, no. Reagan did that. Yeah. The first thing that uh, Reagan and the other tribal members of the, right wing in his government they they stopped a lot of crap um and it wasn't because of the pot growers it was the coke thing because it got really violent really quick and it was just all kinds of weird shit going on in miami and even in southern california because that's where your population centers are so of course you're gonna have a lot of cocaine you're not gonna take it to Pueblo, colorado right you know I mean, not that kind of loads on semis. Bring it into warehouses and distribution centers. So. Yeah, I got pretty weird. That's when I got out of it. I said, okay, I got I had two kids to raise, you know? And it uh, wasn't fun anymore. The people I had to deal with weren't fun. They were criminals, you know? They were the real kind. Before that, it was like surfers, and they were just kicked back. They just wanted good weed, you know? Mm-hmm. They would bring it in from, uh, you know, around the world, Sri Lanka and, or what wasn't called that then, but anyway, get the idea. Sure. So that's where I got a lot of my seeds were from premium, small, small, small amounts brought in from Africa and the Caribbean and what have you. So, yeah, I had fun, you know, but uh, then it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, I think you know everything's changed now with travel and the fact that people are shipping food all over the place. And it's like there's a, you know, never never going back to those sort of days when you could really no. go somewhere and find something no. that was 
probably really passed down and you know, you know unique to the gene pool. Now you go somewhere and it's like it's, it's for me it's this it's disheartening. It ain't Woodstock anymore. Well, like you know, like uh, even though I was sort of you know flattered, it was kind of lame. Is that it was in Saint Croix and getting shown all the different kinds of weed on the island. And at one point, I'm sure. sitting, sitting at a friend's bar, and a Rasta guy comes over to me and he says, "Here, he gives me this is the best weed on the island." And I'm like, "Oh wow, it smells good." You know what is it? And he's like, "It's uh, stinky pinky." And I'm like, "Oh." And I pull out my phone and I'm like, there, that's my strain. You know, I made that back in the nineties. And then he's like, wow. Oh man. You know, this, you know, so I was like, really? Like it kind of sucks. Cause it sh- <laughs> I should be there smoking something that's like legendary from there. You know what I mean? Not, not right. my seed from Amsterdam. That's kind of sucked. It kind of almost, almost sucked in a way. It was good. I mean, it was very cool, but it was also kind of weird. It was like, Hmm, that's, it's uh sad <laughs> not, i must have kicked something out you know, i mean something something else that grew there was probably you know less stinky or whatever but at the same time could have been something special a more modern story when it went legal here in 2017 and uh there was oregon is one of the few states that allowed outside money to invest in this cannabis thing recreational cannabis and uh the money was pouring in from hong kong banks and banks in london and other places right so it was insanity and i went out on some uh, kid what is he doing yeah kid what are you doing don't you have a show what are you doing don't be late are you late for your show Kids, get it together. Who's telling a story? Dude, mute, your, mute, mute your fucking microphone, Mr. You're a big the kid. interrupter. You're a big interrupter. Shit. So I went on some pro- uh, farm, you know, uh, farms to look at them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's like a corporate structure. You got the manager and the general manager and the production. You know, everybody's got a title. And then I just asked a simple question. So, who's the agronomist here? What do you mean? Well, I'm, has anybody here studied, you know, basic soil science or anything? <laughs> no, but I worked in a gross store for five years. <laughs> I'm thinking, it's out of work. And um, so I went back to the people that dispatched me. And I said, I can't do it because what I want to tell them is get everybody over to a local army surplus, get machetes and come back and take this thing down and start over <laughs> and uh you know that's not a good way to consult is it yeah it is you, gotta, you know yeah, like massage and the egos and massages i one one person i went to they had a hoop house and it was a uh, second week in september like I said, you got to be out of the ground in Oregon by middle of October, unless you've done something, right? And this entire, I mean, the plants were green as could be gorgeous. Yeah, I said, you really got a good uh, head of nitrogen in the soil, that's for sure. But what I don't see are any flowers. I said, you got about a month. Well, I'm sure we can find something that'll accelerate that. And uh, I said, you, you guys aren't expecting a profit this year, are you? 
No, no, no. We got, you know, $3 million in reserve. Well, that's a good thing because you're going to need it. And, uh, it'd be a big mold fest over there, buddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, this is Northwest Oregon. Like I said, it rains six months straight sometimes, October through May. That's no lie. It's lunacy. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like, there's no flowers. You're gonna be at week about five, let's say, just the right time to get fucking spiders October. Watch the whole thing just mold up on you. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been in greenhouses, what they call light-assisted grows. Some I don't know the whole law here, but that's a category, I guess. So they have these automated greenhouses with panels that can block the light, and you know, to control the the light cycle, right? I mean, I've never seen such a thing. And I've been around nurseries for 30-something years. And uh, I'm thinking, God, who invested in this thing? And the most you ever did was two lights in a basement over in Southeast Portland. This ought to work really well. Yeah, that's usually the case. And hey, Mr. That, the Kid, the hold on a second. Mr. The Kid, mute your phone, fucker. If I mute okay. my phone, then I can't fucking hear you. How am I yeah, supposed to listen? You, you mute, mute your fucking whatever. You're, you're, you fucking opened up a can of beer. You're, you're making us. a whole bunch of noise. Well, I'm letting Mr. Coots finish his no, wonderful... You're trying to let Adam know that you're waiting to start your show and you're a little passive-aggressive. You're like my 15-year-old daughter. Why is nobody asking me why my microphone's not plugged in, but I'm still talking into it? Uh, uh, look at that. No, no one ever asks. What? Uh, no one's asking about what? Why there's no cords attached to my microphone? Because no, <laughs> no one cares. Boom. What are you talking about? All right. Oh God, kid! You know my my show's supposed to start sometime this evening. You know. This <laughs> wow! Yeah, listen, I'll let shit. you guys go. Oh, guys the go. Kid. oh, oh kid, you suck kid. balls, man! Kid, you're oh, ruining the show, like a, usual. man! You're the worst. You are. Fuck, uh, kid. Boo, Mr. The you Kid. Are, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. No, it's cool. Hey, Clackamas, obviously you've been on for three hours with us. It's long enough, I'm sure. you got plenty to do. Yeah, uh, I, hey, listen, I just want to thank you very much. It's, uh, no, you're always too. a gentleman. Thank you. Uh, the Barley. people in the chat room and the stories you've told were amazing. Everyone, uh, you, you, I mean, a round of applause from everybody in the chat room for you, really. They, oh, they thank you. absolutely think you're awesome. We've kept almost 200 people at one time. We're listening to your stories. I would just want to add this one thing, you know, in 10 years of helping people as a, a hobby, really. I mean, this wasn't a, I didn't pay off my home with it. Let me put it that way. Um, so this is the one time I, I really do want to monetize the efforts I spent on researching and implementing the barley thing. And Jeremy went the extra mile to find the hemp mm -hmm. and the corn organic. I mean, that's really an amazing feat. I don't, and I don't have that capability. I, I can find out how you do things, but I don't know where to go. Kid thinks you he know, can get them. Yeah. So anyway, I, I appreciate you letting me come on here and uh, what's the term? Uh, well, we'd love show, to have you back. Show, Jib show a product or whatever, you uh, know? No, no, it was jibber-jabber. Um, we, we decided that. Jibber-jabber. Jibber-jabber. 
I'm going to get I'm going to get some of my strains back to Jeremy, That's and awesome. uh, you know share the wealth. And uh, you got some 36 year old genetics, which kind of disproves genetic drift, by the way. Uh, it proves it or doesn't prove it. No, I said it kind of yeah disproves genetic drift. Disproves, disproves. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it's bullshit. You know, I. That's an. One thing about cannabis scores, they always have to have an excuse why something went wrong. It was the soil. It was the, the light bulb. It was the, you know, what about some effort? But, you know, come on. Yeah, you know, kid. You got to get some scratch in the game. He's talking straight to you. He's talking <laughs> right to you, kid. Thank you so much for your time tonight, dude. It was, hey, I, you I, too. I really you guys have a really good and stay on. safe. And uh, if things open up, I'll be a Telluride for the Mushroom Festival this summer. Oh. Nice. So when is uh, that? Or when is it tentative? I think it's August. So you know, I, there's a shot that yeah. I would let you know rent an RV and drive over there, take my dog. Yeah. And uh, there's some really freaky people in the micro world, and they tend to really and a lot of really cool things happening there in uh, Telluride. <laughs> really freaky people. <laughs> For sure. Right. All right, brothers. Have a good one. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Bye now. We wasted the good way surprise. To kill, way to kill you. the show, kid. Oh, the kid, kid. Tell us all about your show. Show killer. Let's go. We wasted the good surprise on you. No, she have to let me wait. You know, I have I to mean, let me wait. Try to like sideswipe our fucking guest. Like what? Oh, dude. Oh, the over the oh. I politely waited. Oh no! Go ahead. Tell us what you got. Uh, we uh, tonight we have uh, Addison on Terracotta on Instagram. He's the founder of uh, Steep Hill, uh, and now he works with uh, you know Chris the Barone, the Clear Scientist, and uh, all those guys uh, as part of that um, consulting uh, consulting firm that they have, eight hundred pound mantra. And then we have Bois Bois, Mister Mister Nicotti. Oh, I heard himself. that. I'm impressed. Yes, yeah, so we have Nick coming on uh, right after Addison comes on. He's going to talk a little bit about Solvent List, what he's working on in California, that whole that whole thing. Okay, so you have Addison, Demora, Nicotee, and somebody else, or just that was it? No, just 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 Addison and Nick. Well, my my show's okay. not long enough to have three people yet, you know. No, that would be No, Addison's great. Addison's perfect. He's going to be talking. Yeah, I'm excited to have him on, and uh, I wanted to, I wanted to let you know. So your 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 Thundercat were the first uh, were the first in the garden to get some new shoes. They got they got transplanted into one gallons before uh, everything else did. Thundercat. Yeah, I'm ready for that one. Which is uh, NL5 Skunk One. Jasmine Capis. Jasmine Capis. Yes. Yeah. Should be fine. JCP got a lot of that running, so I'm excited. That and and your um. That 94 Cali Mist and the Mesa Cookies is doing really well too. I think I'll have some weird, like some weird leaf things going on a bed. Like some yeah. flat, like pointy, like instead of being like this, they're like this. All right. I'll make sure I send pictures. I got in trouble today by the Department of Health in Pennsylvania for posting pictures inside of our grow on our Instagram. Ooh, don't do that. Ooh. It's ridiculous. They geotagged it or what they do? How they know? No, they just they follow my Instagram, I'm sure, from some fucking random account or some shit. They yell at me all the time to take shit down. All the time. 
all the time, dude. They have. Yeah, well, that's what you you should piss off the authorities. No problem. Well, that's you what don't I, need like their speak, help I, I speak out against the system. Like, right. I don't know. But did we lose Jake? Jake. Yeah, he dropped off a little bit ago. Hey, Jake, what's going on? Our but, uh, but yeah, so I'll uh, I'll let you guys finish up, and um, to all the listeners too. Those keep an eye on the mail. Those CBD for all the the three people that emailed me for the CBD that that went out. So keep an eye on the mail, and Mike Denver, your seeds uh, are going out as well tomorrow. So um, keep an eye on the mail in the next like three days for all of that CBD and the seeds that I said I would send. It sent the packaging took forever to get here. Because Amazon? Yes, kid. I told everybody it's a bad idea. When the kid comes on. It's there. It's out. At least I got it. Unlike those, some people, there's still non-received THC test kits from like eight years ago. (laughs) What is it? Like the CB scientific ones? They're probably still sitting in a box in the downstairs of my house somewhere too, just like this microphone that doesn't have any wires. (laughs) The reagent. The reagent. Yeah, where's that with the wires? What's going on? Well, no, but it's okay because no one no one thinks about it. My yeah. audio is good enough without it right now, and it still looks good, and no one says, like, hey, kid, how come your microphone's not plugged in? And, and you're still talking into it. And you, and you sound like shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like shit for you because I'm on my phone, but the, the actual the microphone on this Mac is pretty nice. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Wire, I'll, wire I'll let you guys so. finish up. It was yeah. a good show. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah it was a good show. one. Yeah. You better do good now. You can't fuck up. Don't I know. I, I got a, I got a tough act to follow. The pressure is on, bro. It is. Yeah. You guys have a good night. Happy quarantine. And uh, I'm sure I'll catch you, you guys Dave, next week. You know Dave was mad at you earlier. Yeah, Dave was Dave's mad at me. Well, tell him when, when he picks up my beer, I'll send him his, his CBD. Uh-huh. Dave was mad because you got first placement on YouTube. He said, the kid... Before it's us. What do you mean, first placement? You were higher on the fucking. I have to make all the events in one night, so like yours ended yeah. up in front of ours for some reason. I don't know how that yeah. happened. Oh, I know what you, you mean. So like it was the, important. it would be the. I got you. I got and you. You don't make yeah. any graphics for your show anymore, so it just looks like the Adam Dunn show. Yeah. Oh, like it was it was funny kid. because just, I, I actually I, haven't been able to make the graphic I, until like I make the two graphics? days ago because my phone was all it? fucked up. I had to get a new one. Yeah, let Adam, let Adam make them. Yeah, let no. Adam do it. My graphics were actually decent. <laughs> oh. 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 It's the flag. You should like that I don't make the graphic because now it just says the Adam Dunn show on my show, so it's fine. I, oh, it's like bit, yeah. false advertising. Free, that's, that's free false advertising. promotion. I almost listened to it, and then I saw it was you. I almost listened to it because <laughs> I saw it was you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right, well, look, I'll let all you right, guys wrap up. Stay get your safe. graphics in order, or else I will do them. So don't okay, yeah. all right, I'll get my graphics in order. Otherwise, you'll draw you're a giant right. penis and put it up for my show. That's fine. The giant penis will not go. <laughs> I will not do that. It'll be okay, a giant right. vagina. It'll be a giant vagina. That's fine. I'll be waiting. All right, guys. All right. See ya. The Kid Show coming up next mm-hmm. on the <laughs> Show Network. Nate dropped in. Nate was our winner last week from the poet. The, the poet. Jake. Jake. No, Jake's. Yeah, sorry. Ding. Ding, uh, ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. End of the show. Uh, barely makes sentences. At least we can talk. Sometimes yeah. Yeah, it's like a, Bar- Jason, barely makes sentences. Did you see that bear that showed up at my place last night? Barely. Yes, I did. I yeah. barely saw that. That's cool. 
<laughs> it was dope. Is that the same bear though? You think? It like no, it didn't have tag. Well, I don't know. It's the biggest bear I ever saw this time in the season. It had no tag, so it's not been a nuisance. And, and it sniffed someone- and went away. You figured like a lot of bears would go back to the same spot because they'd be like, well, that spot was cool. They're not sure. going to like looking for a new spot, right? They'd be like, fuck it, my spot's there. I'm going back. So I, I would think at a certain point you might get recognized on a little bit. Who knows? That probably on his route, but that was a big fucking bear. And it, my dog didn't make a noise. It, it didn't, it didn't do anything. So we're well, all good. I mean, like maybe it was the same one from last year that wasn't so big and now it's bigger and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> you'd be big boy now you'd be like mark yeah. you know, can anybody see you mark or just yeah, I, yeah mark, put, you put your picture up people keep asking no, no, who, no put who your I picture am. equal size equal size really yeah are I'm, they showing I'm you're, you're up here yeah no 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 you're not you're you're tiny you're tiny in the feed you're gonna looks, need to come out equal it looks like my like my twitch feed wow like i'm in the people corner notice. controlling like the you Adam look like Phil, philip seymour hoffman from uh what people was that mark Wahlberg movie in <laughs> about the porn people, industry people notice the hair and the and the lack of sleeves and the guns, <laughs> the guns? are they talking about the guns wow no, no yeah. talking about the guns they were asking for they them earlier, were but i was trying no, not to like... distract unlike the kid <laughs> just ruined everything I'm wow free, yeah know? i, I mean letting, what was up with that i was letting our elders speak you know because i have respect for them Oh, Coot's awesome. Yeah, man. Sandwich. Can we just stay on for another 40 minutes to just really fucking show up? Would that fuck it up? Oh, the kid. Yeah, we're fucking yeah. <laughs> And then I'll tell you guys all about it on the next 45 minutes. The yeah. Adam Dudd show. The Adam Dud show. Let's talk Keep about the big bar. bear. Start off with the bear. Let's do everything <laughs> alphabetical. Actually, we'll go back to A. We'll do an A subject. Let's call Coot back. We'll tell some more stories. <laughs> uh, he was great. We need to have him on again. Yeah, Coot's awesome. Yeah. And the thing is, again, you see how much like we can just talk for days. And it's one of those things where I, I just let him. We let him roll. So yeah. So we, we had to do a shutout. <laughs> like I was gonna go to the very end and just be like, "Fuck it, let's just do it at the end." But anyway, it worked out. No, it was a good show. This was what great. Are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Just the chat gang fucking ragging on me. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, until you the have guns? haters, man, that's the, it's the greatest now. You got to go with after, it. You just got to laugh at it. Your, they're all about it or what? They're like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to work out. Yeah, I got to work out a little more. Anyway. No, they want me and Mark to do the Hans and Franz thing. You know, put them, <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, what just happened there, Adam? We we just saw some of your like high school porn. Yeah! Wow! Cool. All right. Well, uh, All right, right guys. Uh, I want to thank everybody for rolling through. Coot, Jeremy, Build the Soil, obviously, all our sponsors uh, for supporting us and making the show work. All the people in the chat gang, beautiful wife Cece, who's here shopping at our house at our right now. You're in Denver. Yeah. Right, so anybody in the Denver area, Denver Boulder yeah. area, if you want a cake, go to www.art2eatcakes, A R T, the number two, eatcakes.com. You'll be very impressed. Yes. Let them yeah. eat cake. That's what yeah. they say. No, you'll see. I'm serious. Uh, you'll love it. <clears throat> and uh, also, shout out to the 
obviously down bomb down the farm where I'll be going back home soon and the whole crew down there and uh, all the chat people thank you so much you guys are hilarious and whoever that rosin guy is he was cracking me up tonight we will see everybody next week um, we'll be having Alki David on the show soon he'll be the, either be next week or the week after all sorts of crazy news from him our favorite our favorite uh, billionaire uh, crazy guy crazy cannabis dude thank you Mark you rock oh god oh, oh. the guns the guns oh. yeah dude Whew. Whew. <laughs> Oh, uh, we better end right now. Also, Holy moly. Catch Are you rushing, Mark? What you're, time you're your shining. show? What time your show? Oh, Mondays at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay. Sofabab.com. And also tomorrow's uh, Sunday show for Dr. Mark. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You'll get a, a notification if you're subscribed here with your notifications on. Kid, right after us, because he had to, like, you know, take up our time, jump on our shit. Hey, kid. Top this shit, kid. No. <laughs> we'll have fun. Uh, right. See you guys later. Peace, Peace. out. Peace. Stay safe.